If this plan of yours fails, I want you to know it's been a beautiful partnership. The feeling is mutual, pal. The feeling is mutual. Where do you keep your casserole dishes? Why? The cat won't fit in the toaster. Maybe you can hire the AT. You're not used to being given orders. Whenever Giles sends me on a mission, he always says, please. And afterwards, I get a cookie. What's your job, Mama? Soft kitty, warm kitty, soft kitty, warm kitty, happy kitty, happy kitty, happy kitty, happy kitty, happy kitty. You see, Punk, it's not just that the rock is back. No, it's why the rock is back. Here's why the rock is back for three reasons. The rock is back to entertain them. The rock is back to stop you. And after 10 long years, 10 long years, the rock is back to win that. CM Punk, you have one of the most creative and innovative minds in the history of the WWE, The Rock knows it. You failed to use it. You became WWE champion, and you also became the biggest jerk the world has ever seen. The Rock can look, The Rock can look you in the eye and tell you this with all passion and with all heart, but The Rock is here. Don't you ever say the people don't matter. They matter. They've always mattered. You're the one that doesn't matter. Oh, I matter. I'm the most successful guy. It doesn't matter if you matter! Welcome to Changing Channels Podcast. This is your host with the most, Mike Macmasunas. What is up, everybody? Welcome to a very, very, very special edition. What is up, Jameson, my friend? How's it going, sir? It's going great. I am fired up for tonight's episode. It's true. This will probably be the one and the only wrestling episode we will ever do. And I'm excited for it, sir. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. First up, I just want to say uh, we got to apologize to your your co-host, Brian, man, because usually you are the one that reads the email, sir, on Movie Mojo Monthly. And uh, we just did Weird Science a couple weeks ago. And uh, who is it that says a huge huge pile of monkey crap? Who says that? Uh, that? That's Lisa. No, that's The Rock. I threw, oh, yeah, I, yeah, okay. Yeah, I threw the rock in there, and then <laughs> I turned it to weird science jokes. But your boy Brian happened to be reading my email. He was caught off guard. And he's like, I don't know how to take this. And you were just <laughs> laughing, and you were got, you totally got it, because I was, I was expecting you to read it, man. You know, I thought you would get it, because I wanted to first throw in the rock in there. Like, well, he, he wanted to jump in on it. He was excited to read him a soonest email, finally. It's true. It was a good, good, good list, sir. Even though you had me believe in that Looper was your number one, 
but because uh, I sent you, oh, number one is your fa- is your favorite movie, and you said indeed, and then from there you just you rolled with it, you liar. <laughs> well, yeah, man, I got to build some suspense. You know, I got to blindside you with it. I can't just tell you who number one is. I get, I guess so, but uh, I'm telling you, man, I am excited. This is a very, very special episode because uh, we are on a very special day, actually today is the 20th anniversary of Monday Night Raw. We are recording mm-hmm. on the day of the 20th anniversary of Raw. It's about 4 o'clock our time, and at 7 o'clock is when it hits. So we definitely are going to be done before then so we can go watch this sucker. And uh, you guys voted. You know, we didn't think anybody wanted a wrestling episode. Put the vote out there from this to Mary with Children and Tom and Jerry. All the votes went to Raw. Uh, some of the people that don't even listen to this show are going to be checking it out. So pretty excited, sir. Yeah, I was skeptical when we uh, put Raw up on the ballot. I didn't think it would get any votes, maybe one or two. But here we are on the 20th anniversary. I made sure to go out and get my wife a present for the anniversary. You know, I bought her a, a championship belt. You know, that's how we celebrate. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> I mean, we know some of our boys aren't going to be listening to this. Like Jason, I mean, he could care less about wrestling. And some of our other friends, I don't know if Ryan will check this episode out. Is, is he still a wrestling fan? Um, he, Yeah, in and out. He likes wrestling documentaries. Ah, that's right, because he's a documentary my man. That's right. Sure. But, uh, yeah, this today, sir, is going to be pretty fun because somehow – we have to cover 20 years of a show that I don't think has ever been done before on a podcast. So we have to do like an hour, an episode. So we got to do 20 episodes. So this is yeah. like part one of, of 20, right? Yeah, we're going to break it down year by year, episode by episode. Okay. Yeah, uh, I got a lot of notes here. A lot. I mean, binders full. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so match number one. Here we go. Oh my gosh. This is crazy. Uh, how many binders do you have? A uh, dozen. Doesn't matter how many binders. <laughs> Sorry, I had to throw it yeah. there. All right. Already people are turning it off like, oh, it's going to be 20 hours. Oh, it's true. So, sir, before we roll into our uh, talk, should we talk some TV news? Let's do it. All right. You think you know me. So first up in TV news, um, the new showrunner for The Walking Dead has been chosen. Have you heard about this, sir? No, I have not. Okay, so we have, let's see, The Walking Dead is one of the most popular shows on cable, duh. And it's managed to stay that way through all of the uh, crazy changes when the show was confirmed they'd be returning for a fourth season. It was also announced that season three showrunner Glenn Mazzara would be leaving the production. Uh, THR is now reporting that the executive producer Scott Gibble has been promoted to showrunner for the fourth season. Now you are the Walking Dead more most up to date person, so 
Does this news seem very important to you? Not especially. They're, they're keeping it in-house. You know, I, everything's staying in-house with people who are associated with the show. Um, it's going to be hard to screw that show up, man. I'm excited. The uh, second half of the season is coming uh, very soon. February 10th. Yes. I can't wait. Um, yeah, man. It, this show is it's it's so good. Awesome. You could be the showrunner. I think it'd still be good. All right, that's awesome. <laughs> so, uh, did you hear about uh, Turner Broadcasting and the WBTV have signed a multi-year deal with Netflix? Yeah, I did read something about this. So that includes Cartoon Network, Warner Brothers Animation, Adult Swim, and Dallas will all be part of Netflix now. Right. That's interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, you know... A lot of those are, you know, a lot of those networks have a lot of various shows. So, I mean, Cartoon Network has a load of stuff, and so does uh, WBTV. So, I mean, it'll be pretty interesting to see some of the shows that get added on the Netflix. I mean, I know what Netflix has kind of had its ups and downs, and I know they lost stars, and that took away a lot of movies, but it looks like they're trying to rebound a little bit here. So. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. And, you know, Netflix is getting a lot of original content all of a sudden, which is kind of interesting, you know, where they're talking about the um, the final chapter of the Arrested Development series. You know, the final, I think it's going to be 12 episodes they're going to do. is going to be Netflix exclusive. Um, things like that. It's pretty cool. It's kind of the new wave, man. It's the way we're headed. It's pretty cool. Now, a uh, question for you. Do you listen to uh, Modern Myth Media podcast? Um, I used to here and there, but it kind of had to, it, it, it hit the cutting room floor for me. Okay. Uh, no big deal. Um, one of their most recent episodes, they talked about, you know, the whole Justice League thing, uh, trying to, one guy had a crazy idea of taking, uh, you know, people know Arrow and they're thinking of why not do it, you know, try to do it a different route to where you have the TV show incorporated with the Justice League movie, and then after the movie, go back to the TV show. For example, CW is now going to be doing a Wonder Woman show. It's going to be called Amazon. And kind of the thought is, is wouldn't it be cool if you could get like the CW, Amazon, Wonder Woman show, and the Arrow show into the Justice League somehow and kind of build your universe from there? You know, hmm. so, crazy idea, but I kind of like it. I, I actually like that. Yeah, it's actually a pretty cool idea because that way you have uh, your TV universe and your movie universe built in together. Because you know the Avengers is doing a TV show, but this will kind of, you know, introduce, you know, kind of build up Wonder Woman, if you will. And uh, everybody's loving Arrow. And I mean, granted, he's not a humongous part of the Justice League, but at least, you know, he could kind of do both universes and maybe... Uh, you know, it'd be a lot easier to say Batman's part of the Arrow world or something like that. You know, some creative way of doing it. So what do you think? Yeah, yeah. That, see, that's my biggest worry with the Justice League is that so many of their characters have not been introduced to people in decades, really. You know, I mean, in a, in a big rollout. Other, If you don't watch the Justice League cartoon or read the comics, a lot of these characters are people you haven't seen in movies in a long time or TV shows. And they're... You know, and, and they're kind of going reverse of what the Avengers did, you know, what Marvel did in introducing their characters and then building the world. That's my one worry with the Justice League movie is introducing characters and making an interesting movie all at the same time. Uh, it would be cool if you could do TV shows for each character. You could build a lot then. It's true. 
Uh, the president of the CW has said, you know, first off, we're waiting to see a script. Second of all, right now, they're, they're trying to do the casting for her. Uh, they said that Arrow and Amazon might be in the same quote-unquote universe. They think that they could exist in the same world, but whether they do or do not is depending on what the showrunner wants to do. So it's not official yet, but there is official word that there is no plans for a Batman show. Right. That's it, you know, and, and we did have... Um, a Wonder Woman show. I mean, this has been, they've been trying to do a Wonder Woman show forever. And they got as far as filming and, and testing a pilot. Was it two years ago? Yeah, which the girl from G.I. Joe, uh, right. who also is Jess from Supernatural. Uh, right. And we got the screen tests, you know, the, the, the look at the costumes and all that. And then they pulled the plug on it. And, and somewhere out in the universe of the uh, internet, we have uh, the pilots sitting around somewhere, so maybe yep. one day we'll get to see it. And uh, last bit of news I wanted to talk about, uh, because it is TV-related, because, I mean, this is kind of going to go into movies, but the winners of the 7th annual, the 70th annual Golden Globe Awards was announced. Yeah. And uh, did you watch this, sir? Of course I did, man. I was, yeah, I, was, I watched it end to end. I was entertained. You were pretty pumped up for this, huh? I wasn't really pumped up, but once I got into it, I really it was entertaining. They had good hosts, and uh, I, you know, I'd seen all but one movie that was nominated this year. So that's how I was with the People's Choice Award. I don't usually like that, but something about this year, I was like, wow, this is pretty flipping good. Uh, I knew the Avengers were up for an award, uh, but the hosts were real entertaining. You know, Sandra Bullock got uh, a humanitarian award. That was pretty cool. I did miss this, but looks like there was a lot of winners. I guess Argo is the one that kind of took the uh, the big prize home for took best two, picture. Yeah, best picture and best director for Ben Affleck, which was cool, considering he's not nominated for an Oscar for best director. So I thought that was cool. You know, I was made sure to send a message to our guy Jason right away. Your boy got an award. It's true. I mean, if people aren't giving him the respect, they should be doing it now, right? Right. So pretty cool. A lot of, uh, you know, we had uh, Argo, winner of the best uh, picture for drama. We had, of course, uh, the winner for um, best performance in an actress is uh, Jessica Chastain. Uh, Chastain? Is that how you say it? Yeah. Brazil yeah. Dark 30. Have you seen this? Because I I heard somebody say it's like the greatest movie ever and then another person said it sucked. So I've heard various things on this movie. Yeah, I saw it. I saw it the, uh, the night before it came out. Ooh, Ooh. Um, <laughs> that's the perks you get. Um, yeah, I saw it and I was, I loved it. I was, I really, I don't want to say it was the greatest movie ever. I don't even think that it was the greatest movie I've seen this year, but it's in the discussion. And she was phenomenal. It was her movie. And she was great. But I think, I mean, you, we talk about our thoughts about the Oscars coming up already, but I, I think that. It's a two-horse race for Best Actress between her and Jennifer Lawrence for uh, the Oscar for Best Actress. And Jennifer Lawrence won Best Actress in a Comedy Musical. For uh, the house at the end of the street. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right, sure. Oh, it's true. Dude, you are dead to me, by the way. You put Dark Knight Rises at 13 and Expendables at 12. You're dead to me, sir. I hate you. My buddy buddy Ian, too, man, who, who gets a hold of us all the time, he, uh, he sent us a message that said that he wasn't even in the top ten and he was already blown away by my picks. <laughs> oh, good list, man. It's uh, it kind of cool, though. Um, you know, I did actually have John Carter in my top ten. I think it was, like, number seven. 
um, for, you know, I know I'd, I only did five, not ten. You know, I, I wanted to do mine on, on based on uh, on funness, but I got to say for all the people out there that have not seen 21 Jump Street, you guys need to get over it, and, and if you're going to hate on it, you need to watch it before, you know, you need to watch and then hate on it, and not the other way around, because I'm tired of people hating on movies that they haven't seen. So if you're going to do your opinion, watch the movie first. That's all I got to say. Amen. You know what I'm saying? I, I've been hearing a lot of podcasts talking about 21 Jump Street because we're coming near that time and critics have given out their list and I've been reading tons of them and 21 Jump Street is in there and it's true. It should be a terrible movie and it should not work, but me and you, we really enjoyed this movie. I mean, I understand what you mean by it shouldn't be top 10 material. I can agree with that. I just kind of did it more for fun factor and a wise because it was oh, no doubt fun factor. It's great. It yeah, was and as a comedy. surprise. Yeah, it was the best comedy that I did see this year. You know, I mean, if I was to put Ted in my top five, I mean, you could shoot me right now. Uh-huh. You know, no doubt about it. But it's just it just seems that uh, a lot of people are ripping on this movie. So I don't know, man. I hear you, brother. It, it's true. So uh, other than that, man, uh, you're right. Jennifer Lawrence won for Silver Linings Playbook. Uh, sounds really interesting, man. The more you guys talk about that, the more I want to. Uh, it's more a I want to see. Great movie, dude. Awesome. And then Brave won for best uh, best uh, animated feature. I've not seen this movie, and I I have heard mixed reviews on this one. What about you? Um, yeah, I watched it and I actually really liked it. I don't, it wasn't anywhere near Pixar's best. And I was hoping that Wreck-It Ralph would win the award. Um, I think it's just kind of between those two, the other ones I didn't think stood a chance. Uh, and the Pixar movie beat the, the Disney Pixar movie meet, beat the Disney movie. Um, but yeah, Bray was good. It wasn't great. Yeah. I want to see uh, Wreck-It Ralph. Good times. Uh, as far as drama, the winner was Homeland for best television series based on a drama um, we also have uh, Homeland, uh, Claire Danes was the winner as well. And then we also have, uh, for Best Actor, was Damian Lewis from Homeland. So looks like Homeland was pretty much scooping up all the... Yeah, they, they, they swept it pretty good. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, as far as uh, real big surprises, you know, I guess movie-wise, that would be Argo. TV-wise, you know, I kind of would think that... Uh, Breaking Bad or whatever would would tear it up, but it doesn't look like they were really nominated too much. So yeah, and I thought for sure that Jim Parsons would win for Best Actor. You know, Sheldon from uh-huh. Big Bang. I thought for sure he would win, and he didn't this year. So well, on People's Choice, they did win Best uh, Ensemble Cast. They won the last year. The reason why I watched this, Kaylee, uh, aka Penny from Big Bang, was the host. So I wanted to see how she would do. She was hilarious. She starts off the show going into other movies like Hunger Games and stuff. It was great. And she was a great host. And I that's what made me watch the People's Choice Awards. And uh, at the very end, she they all won. So it was pretty cool, man. They got the best, you know, they got the best TV award, best ensemble cast. That was pretty awesome. Cool. And uh, the, funny enough, um, Oh, God, I'm drawing a blank here. I shouldn't because I watch this show every single day. Howard, thank you. Howard uh, was actually the one that took care of the speech. You would think that it would, oh, yeah. wouldn't be him, but he's the one that says how much they love their job and how it's not a job for them because of how much fun they have and they have the greatest writers in the world and it should be a crime to do what they do because it's not work. you know. And you can see it, man. Like me and you have talked about, we watch the background. 
for all the geek stuff, but <laughs> I really pay attention to the other actors in the background, especially if it's an episode I've seen numerous times. I always watch their face their facial expressions, and it's real funny the stuff that they do. That it feels it's very unscripted how they're re- reacting. Yep, it's pretty good stuff, sir. So cool story, bro. Cool story, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you had to throw that back at me, right? <laughs> right. Good times. All right, sir. I think that is it for news. I think it's time uh, we hit the topic, sir. Are you ready for this? I'm climbing to the top turnbuckle, man. Oh, man. Good times. All right, so let's talk 20 years, including the upcoming Royal Rumble and all that other fun stuff. Let's talk some Monday Night Raw. Allow me to beg your indulgence for one moment. Ready? Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, can I have your attention, please? Welcome to Raw is Jericho! Right here in Long New York. We've just got two words for you. No, no, actually, that's not the words we were thinking of. What's up? Bye-bye. Pipe bomb. People power. No. No. Yes. Really? No. Yes. Really? No. Yes. Really? No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. Would you please shut the hell up? Excuse me! What? Excuse me! What? I said excuse me! It wasn't my fault. That can't do that, sucker! Indeed. For a minute, I am the game. The champ is here. Yeah. Me, Because I'm the Miz, and I'm the best in the world. Awesome. Woo, woo, woo! You know it. So, for the benefit of those with flash photography. Can't see me. Just a man. What the rock is cooking, and that's the bottom line. The Stone Cold Sensor. All right, sir. Holy crap! I need to pull up Monday Night Raw on Wikipedia because there is so much to talk about here. Uh, but it's a good thing you have binders, man. It's good stuff. That's right. Uh, here's kind of an idea. I'll throw it at you, and let, let's take it from how you know. Take it from there. I was thinking we could do emails first. Hear what the people have to say, because this is the people show. We can hear what the people have to say, and kind of go off topics from there. Or do you want to cover general what we have, and then go to emails? Nah, let's let's hit the emails. Let's give it to the people. We are the people's champs. <laughs> This is the people show. That's right. Don't forget it. All right, so let's hear what the what the channel surfers have to say. I know it's kind of weird that we're doing this first, but uh, I thought it would be a good idea because there's no possible way that we could cover everything. We are going to make some people happy, 
We're going to make a lot of people upset. So I thought the best way to do this is to kind of go off of what people say. Because 20, to cover 20 years in like an hour and a half, two hours is impossible. But we're going to do it because Raw is CCP. <laughs> you got all the catchphrases. <laughs> All right, so let's start off with the first email we got, and this comes from Lisa the Legend. So we have to make this a very entertaining show, sir, and here's why. She's like, hi, y'all. Welcome to 2013. I hope it finds you both and the channel surfers, channel surfers a happy and a healthy one. So this month, I can't say I was too much into this topic. I admit I was really into wrestling as a kid and a teenager, but I fell, I somehow fell out of it. And never found my way back. I can't comment much on what's going on now, but I wish Mike lots of luck with his main man, Dwayne. Thank you. I have uh, such fond memories of what I used to like. I couldn't wait to see Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, Rowdy Rowdy Piper, Brett the Hitman Hart, and Owen Hart Foundation, British Bulldogs, Macho Man Randy Savage, and Elizabeth Bushwalkers. Uh, Bushwakers, Jake Bushwhackers. Snake. Bushwhackers, yep. Jake Snake, Mean Green, Junkyard Dog, Bam Bam Bigelow, Brusty the Barber Beefcake. Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Honey Talk Man, Honky Tonk Man, Busty Rhodes, and Iron Sheik. Uh, then some managers like uh, Vince uh, McMahon, uh, yeah, Vince McManard, right? Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon. Not, not Vince McMahon. Oh, yeah. yeah. Vince McMahon and Paul Beer, Paul Bear. She spelled it differently. That's why I was like, what? That doesn't sound like McMahon. Because you know how he's got that real funny spelling. Yep. I used to love waiting for Saturday afternoons to watch them go to go at it. Looking forward this year for CCP and all the nuggets they have to offer Lisa the Legend. Okay. So I know she didn't talk too much about wrestling, but kind of brought up some people. So do you want to hit uh, kind of overall some of these d- – dudes that she talked about and and your thoughts and kind of their impact they made in raw and all that other stuff we can do that all right so let's start off with uh andre the giant okay uh now i know that uh raw started back let's see 95 right let me 93 93 okay let me take a look 20 years yeah two yeah obviously because this is the 20th anniversary wow mike get your brain cells together sir holy crap oh my gosh yes it's true uh which is kind of funny the introduction nothing real fancy it's kind of lame but do you ever remember andre andre the giant being on raw i don't think i don't i think he was done before then yeah so overall, uh, we can kind of touch a little bit about his matches, you know, because he was a pretty big and famous guy. I mean, probably the biggest match was Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. I believe that was WrestleMania three, if I'm wrong. Correct. Um, and that's kind of WrestleMania one and two weren't really that humongous. It was really WrestleMania three because it was Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. Wasn't Mr. T up in there or was he in the fourth one? No, he was in one and two. One and two, okay. Which yep. of course, Rocky three. We we're gonna have some fun talking about that. That's right, Ron. But uh, yeah, Andre the Giant. What do you think of this guy, man? Andre was cool, man. He I was a little kid and he was bigger than life. Uh, yeah, I mean he was cool, but he was kind of even when I was a kid, he was getting towards the end of his run. I mean I think he stopped with WWF 
in around 1990, if I'm if I'm right. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, uh, WWF is World Wrestling Federation. So Andre the Giant. Uh, for me, you know, I I can't really say too much about him because I was Hulk Hogan man. I I really wasn't into wrestling too much as a kid, as I've mentioned before. But uh, Hulk Hogan was my guy, man. I mean, he really, Hulk Hogan took wrestling to a whole new, whole new place, man. Um, Merchant Little Mike I, was a Hulkamaniac. I was a Hulkamaniac. I never ripped my shirts or nothing because my parents would kill me. But, uh, man, he was great. I remember the movie No Holds Barred? I was like, oh, my gosh, Hulk Hogan's in a movie. That was some good times. Good stuff. And uh, I never had any, like, I think I had the action figure. That's probably it. But uh, I was a Hulkamaniac. I loved Hulk Hogan. And then I think when he disappeared, I kind of disappeared, man. All right. Fair enough. So, but I did have a second, a second favorite, and that was Rowdy Piper, man. Hmm. I love me some Rowdy Piper. I came here to do two things, chew bubble gum and, wait, oh my gosh. I'm flipping, losing the line already. I, I'm kick losing, some ass. Kick some ass. There you go. And I'm all out of bubble gum. Good times. I love Rowdy Piper, man. He's some good times. Because, uh, you know, uh, let's all admit it. Wrestling is scripted. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What? For reals? You didn't know this? No, dude. Oh, wait. You're joking. It's cool. You're joking. Oh, oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I read it on the internet and everything on the internet's right, correct? Dude, that's not cool. Wait, no wrestling. Wrestling can't be fake. I mean, people get thrown through tables and hit with chairs, and they bleed, and everybody hates each other, but yet they work with each other every single day. Dude, and... the Undertaker is a real guy who da- died and came back. Really? Oh, that's... I don't think you know. That's right. He has demon eyes because he can yep. roll his eyes in the back of his head. That's right. That's right. And he has the Mickey Mouse tattoos on the on the back. You know. <laughs> Okay, so here's the thing. I think that uh, we're going to talk about this a little bit later as far as some of the matches you think were kind of unscripted or like where someone said, nah, I'm not, I'm not going with this. I'm going to take it my own way. I think Rowdy Piper was one of those guys that didn't really go against – he didn't go according to plan. What do you think? Every time they have the answers, he changes the questions. What does that mean? That's, his, that's what he used to say every time. Just when they get the answers, I change the questions. Awesome. That that was good, sir. Don't you patronize me. <laughs> cool story, bro. Cool story, bro. You take that and shove it. Awesome. Uh, yeah, man. Good times. What about... Uh, I remember... Uh, I love uh, Macho Man Randy Savage. That was my guy right there. Dab it Slim Jim. That was your boy. Snap it to a Slim Jim. Yeah. I love me some macho. I met him when I was a little kid, man. Really? Him and Elizabeth. I remember uh, in the Minneapolis airport, like 4 o'clock in the morning, we went to drop off my aunt and 
my dad and I are walking through the concourse. There's nobody there. Four in the morning in Minneapolis. And we turn a corner. And here comes this guy in full sequined robes. <laughs> He's walking to the ring. I mean, a whole nine. Elizabeth on his arm just walking. And I'm like, I was probably, I don't know, ten at the time nine and i just i mean jaw dropped like there's no way i'm like macho man and he stops he's like what's up little man how you doing like oh forget it that's awesome man <laughs> too cool that is so awesome oh man that is man i'm kind of jealous man uh what is up with uh with randy man didn't uh he did he die from like yeah, he passed away last year <laughs> It was last a, year, okay. Had a heart attack driving his car and uh, went off the road. Oh, that's right. Yeah, man. He There's one thing that I definitely do love about Raw is that even though every I mean, it's called sports entertainment. So obviously, it's uh, everybody knows that it's scripted, but it's kind of, you know, wrestling is the guy's soap opera. You know, it, it's, oh, quite, yeah. you know it, it's super fun. But the thing with wrestling that you can't get it anywhere else is it's live and it's interactive. You know, that's the thing that draws people to it is the crowd gets to be just as much a part of the show as you're watching. And the one thing that I do love that Raw has always done is whenever, you know, somebody died, they would do, you know, we're canceling everything. We're doing a show towards them. And it was really awesome. You know, I really, you know, that happened for, um, for Randy Savage. That happened for Owen Hart. That happened for um, the Benoit. Benoit. That also happened for um, what's the Mexican wrestler? I'm, I'm trying to remember. Uh, uh, Eddie Eddie Guerrero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, that's pretty cool, man. You know, because they could definitely say, "Oh, this episode is dedicated to so and so," but the fact that they take their two hour slot and just kind of just dedicate to them. You know, it shows that there is backstage a lot of love and and everything. It's pretty cool. I mean, I'm sure in real life there may be some bad blood between one or two people because, I mean, think about it. In your normal work environment, there's always somebody you don't get along with, but you work with them for the the big picture for the job. But, you know, it seems like most of the people in the WWE are really good, really good friends. And and you kind of have to be because you're putting your life at stake week in and week out. Uh, you know, doing the kind of things that they're doing to entertain you. So you got to kind of be a close niche family. You know what I mean? True enough. And and you can kind of get that vibe based off when tragedy happens. You know, it's pretty awesome. So, all right. So let's get to something a little positive here. So uh, any other guys uh, you want to talk about that she mentioned, like Jake the Snake or or like Mean Gene? I love Mean Gene. He was pretty awesome. And mean Gene is the WWF, WWE. I mean, you know, every backstage interview with, I mean, he was in with every single guy at some point. I thought you he know? was exclusive to Hogan. Like, it was just like. Him it and- seemed that way. But no, he was just, you know, let's go to Mean Gene. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, it seemed that way because Hogan would cut three promos every every night. But, um, no, he was. He was the backstage guy, and he was there forever, and he's still working. He still shows up from time to time. And he doesn't age, man. He still looks exactly the same. Bald-headed dude. Yeah. Never aged a day, man. It's good times. So, uh, so yeah, thank you, Lisa, so much uh, for your uh, for your favorites. It's 
pretty good times. Okay, so let's move on to, uh, we have a new channel surfer, sir. I mean, a for real new channel surfer. I love it. And uh, do you know what happens when we have a new channel surfer, sir? What happens when we get a new channel surfer? I don't know. I'm going to play a clip and we'll find out. (laughs) And not even have the class to introduce yourself? What is your name? I told you. It doesn't matter what your name is. We have uh, we have a new one for Ryan, man. Uh, Ryan is uh, a friend of mine. Uh, he's from the D2R podcast. I was uh, on his show for a year-end review, and I'm actually going to be recording next Tuesday uh, for uh, the Royal Rumble. So I'm going to be doing more wrestling talk, and I can't wait, man. It's going to be good times. But, uh, Love it. He told me that if I ever do a wrestling episode, he will write in the Changing Channels podcast. So we did, and he delivered, sir. So here we go, because he, he brought up a lot of stuff. So this is stuff right. we to talk about. What's up, gentlemen? It's Ryan from the D2R Podcast. First off, I want a nickname. All right. Ryan, you will get one on the next episode, sir, because I, I got to think of these things. You can't put me on the spot like this, okay? That's right. All right. So first, uh, uh, secondly, over on the D2R podcast, we frequently talk wrestling. It's true, every episode. Uh, it's been a passion of uh, of ours, uh, and as you guys might say, it's a guilty pleasure uh, for a long time. Wrestling always has been frowned upon in my house growing up. I got into it because I wasn't supposed to watch it. It's uh, It's always fascinated me, though. So much so that me and my friends started a backyard wrestling, uh, you know, fraction in middle school. Anyways, uh, I've been into wrestling off and on over the last 10 years, I say. But from the early 90s through the 2002 or so, I was a diehard fan, mainly the Attitude Era. This is what I want to talk about, sir. This, this right here, this is the cream of the crop. This is the bacon in your bacon cheeseburger, the Attitude Era. So, so this is what we're going to talk about, sir. I can't wait. All right. And do you agree with me on the whole Attitude Era, sir? Well, yeah, the Attitude Era, the, the WWF was really sagging there. Um, you know, they had they'd gotten so gimmick heavy in the 90s, the early 90s, like just, you know, ridiculous, stupid gimmicks. These guys, you know, the, the dumpster and Doink the Clown and just all these weird things. And WCW started kicking their butts. And it kind of forced WWF to do something, and uh, the Attitude Era started, and that was uh, that was the probably one of the best eras in wrestling. Now, for those who don't know, what is the Attitude Era like in general? What is the Attitude Era? I mean, Attitude and Era. I mean, if we just say the two words, I think people will get it: Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Rock. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this, the the Attitude Era really is, to me, when I think about it, I think Stone Cold, I think The Rock, and I think Degeneration X. Exactly. And, and that, that's, that's the Attitude oh, Era. Oh, man, good times. Here's what he had to say. It all began with Stone Cold Steve Austin coining the epic phrase, Austin 316. Says, I just whooped your ass. <laughs> yep. Oh, uh, Okay. Before I go on, there's one particular promo of his that I absolutely love. And I'm not sure if you can remember this. This is when they start off and uh, and Michael, I think it's Michael Cole, and he starts talking. He looks to the side and there's Stone Cold. And he goes, what, what, what? And then he starts getting the audience going, right? And he Mm -hmm. goes, uh, he just starts talking and he's talking about the Royal Rumble. 
and he goes, I got three uh, I got three questions for you. What? I got three questions for you. What? I got three questions for you. What? And he just keeps going and going and going. And he talks about how uh, he's going to take the some itch and uh, and throw him off the ring and then goes another what? Another what? Another what? And he goes through all 23 fingers. Like, you know, he kept going and going and going. Do you remember this promo, dude? I don't remember this promo, but I'm wondering about these 23 fingers. <laughs> what an incredible night it's been already tonight, live in Madison Square Gar- Garden. What? I was just saying, it's been an incredible night. What? It's been a great night. What? We're here tonight. What? Well, Steve, you know, it's going to just... What? It's going to just get even... What? Now go ahead. Well, I was going to ask you... What? You're gonna ask me a bunch of questions? Is that what you're gonna do? You're gonna ask me some questions. I'm not gonna answer your questions. I got three things I want to talk about. You understand three? The first thing I want to talk about the man I saw backstage tonight. I said the man I saw backstage tonight. The man I saw backstage was Triple H. It was Triple H. I said that man's name was Triple H. And you know what, Michael? I'm not here to wish that man good luck. No, that's not what I'm here to do. Because I came back from that same sort of set of circumstances. He almost had his career ended. He almost had his career ended. He almost had to quit. Do you understand me? So I'm not here to wish him good luck. How you doing? Are you having a good day? It's been a long time. I can't wait to look that man right in the eye, face to face. I said face to face. The other thing I want to talk about, Michael, is Stone Cold Steve Austin is entering himself tonight in the Royal Rumble. I said the Royal Rumble. I said the Royal Rumble. You know, that match where you take a sub and you throw him over the top rope. That's what Stone Cold Steve Austin's going to do, throw 29 sub over the top rope in advance to WrestleMania. Let me make that simple for you. I'm gonna throw a man over the top rope. Then another. Then another. Then another. Then another. Then another. Then another. 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 Another, 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 another. How many men was that? You get the picture. Stone Cold Steve Austin is throwing 29 some over the top rope, and he's going to WrestleMania. I think he went to 31. The other thing I wanted to talk about tonight was MSG. Right here at Madison Square Garden, Stone Cold Steve Austin is going to team up with The Rock. The great one. The most electrifying man in sports entertainment. And we're going to open up a big, fat can of whoop-ass on Booker T. On Booker T. On Booker T. And that sorry son the big boss man. Because big boss man and Booker T. You ain't going to run rough shot over the good name of Stone Cold Steve Austin. So tonight, two some. Two some bitch. Two some bitch. Two some. 
are gonna get their ass whooped, and that's the bottom line. And that's the bottom line. And that's the bottom line, cause Stone Cold said so. Like, obviously, he took 10 and just kept going. <laughs> so good, man. He, and then, because for those of you who don't know, what is essentially when the bad guy comes out, a.k.a. Vince McMahon, whatever they say, the crowd says what? Dude, I hate that chant so much, though. You do? Oh, I really do. I, I mean, I loved it when, when Austin would use that. I mean, I remember him using that a lot. But now... 20 years later, 15 years later, you know, and people are still doing it for no reason to. And just, it drives me nuts. But it doesn't happen as often. Not so much anymore. All right. So that's what started him off to become the epic force in the WWF for the following seven or so years. Another catchy phrase to be remembered during the time came, suck it from Degeneration X. Right. My boy was Road Dog. Oh, you didn't know? <laughs> Yo, ask me to call somebody. Did I do that right? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, you didn't know? Yo, ask me to call somebody. To put people in perspective, because over on STL, I did a WrestleMania episode. Jameson, unfortunately, wasn't able to make it. Uh, it was just me. And I kind of gave a little background, so I'll kind of do that now, but not not too much. But essentially, uh, when I was, I don't know how you are, but for me, I was a big sports lover, basketball, baseball, that stuff growing up in Chicago. My dad always took me to games and everything like that. And sports was kind of all my life, you know. And, you know, obviously movies and music, and then after that was sports. But about 16, 17, that just died. You know, I, I kind of started my life over again. You know, I moved out uh, to where I am now, kind of started over again. And sports just really wasn't the thing for me anymore. Uh, wrestling, farthest thing from my mind. So when I met my wife, she took me over to, uh, you know, to kind of meet her sisters and stuff. And her sister was huge into wrestling, right? And uh, they, uh, I went to this thing called a pay-per-view. I was like, okay, pay-per-view. I think I know what that is. And uh, everybody was stone cold. I mean, this is like, it was a stone cold match. It was all about stone cold. So this guy comes out. And I was like, who's that guy? And they're like, oh, him? I'm like, yeah, he's real funny. Oh, that's The Rock. We don't like that guy. He, he's terrible. I'm like, why? Because he's the bad guy. I'm like, oh. So I just kept my eye. I'm like, oh, who's this stone cold guy? I'm like, I don't really like this stone cold. I like this rock guy. No, you can't like this rock guy. You're not supposed to like him. He's the bad guy. I'm like, oh, okay. So as more and more months went on and more and more pay-per-views, while everybody's stone cold love, I'm the rock love, right? And my wife hated the rock. I mean, she hated him, man, with a passion. It wasn't until walking tall until she changed her mind and be like, okay, I like that Dwayne guy. He's pretty cool. Now she loves the rock, man. But uh, for me, this, this era, luckily for me, when I came back to wrestling... I came back at the Attitude Era, and I think I was very fortunate to come back at the most pivotal time in wrestling, man. Yeah, man. That's uh, that's kind of when I came back, too. I, I kind of outgrew wrestling in the early 90s. It started to get really hacky. And, uh, and then, actually, when I did come back watching wrestling, I was a WCW, Mark. I loved 
WCW because all my guys that I grew up watching had gone over there. My, you know, the Hogan, the Macho Man, the all these guys had gone over, and you, and then you started to get guys like Goldberg, you know, and okay, and uh, so I was huge into WCW and would kind of switch every once in a while. I'd go back to Raw and just kind of watch it, but it was it. I didn't get drawn back into WWF until I saw DX. And I saw Stone Cold. Those are the two things that drew me back. I'm like, man, this is cool. This is different. This is something I've never seen before. Not just some hokey matches or some guy, you know. It was something that draws your attention. And uh, it was cool, man. That was that was awesome. Okay, so uh, before I finish this email, let's talk about Stone Cold. Because Stone Cold obviously kind of started this. So let's tell people what is so pivotal about Stone Cold. A couple things. One he was all about middle fingers. You know, you'd see on live TV some dude sticking up two middle fingers up in there. You're like, what? Number two, beer. All about beer. He's essentially what? Trailer trash, right? That's kind of what his. He's a redneck. He's got his Stevie Weisers. There you go. And then he would have. Uh, he would call everybody a some itch, and obviously you can fill in the blank of what I'm missing there. Uh, that and you're like on TV. What did you just hear? Now I believe it was TNT is the station, not TNT, TNN. I think it was. No, TNN was WCW. Okay, there there was one channel that would play the explicit version of raw and then you'd have the other one like like at the time ass wasn't it usa yeah like ass wasn't allowed to be said on tv so you would get blanked out every time somebody said that but then the following week on another station because i think two stations had it you would get um you know you'd get the uncentered version which is pretty awesome right what made him cool was at the same time uh, Vince McMahon, who was the owner, you know, and at the time was just kind of had been an announcer and, you know, people kind of knew that he owned the company. But he was at the same time that Austin kind of uh, started with his character. Uh, Vince McMahon started with his character of the big boss of of Mr. McMahon. And you're fired. <laughs> and and, and then... <laughs> exactly. And so the play between those two all of a sudden. You know, Stone Cold's coming down. He's anti-establishment, and he's the guy telling his, putting the middle finger in his boss's <laughs> face. You know, and decking his boss, and it, and McMahon's just getting oh, he gets so mad, and that was That's what awesome. made it so cool, man. That's awesome. I, I, you bring you back memories, man. I seriously forgot about that. You're right. I don't think Austin. I mean, Austin would have been cool. I don't think he would have been as huge if he didn't have someone like Mr. McMahon to play off of. It's true. I mean, let's think about it. Vince, he's a genius, man. This guy, he just, his ideas, his creative juices, man, are amazing of what he allows things to happen in this company. It's crazy, man. He's uh, all about the ratings, man. He's, yeah. you know, I mean, he, he'll do whatever. He'll exploit his daughter if it helps the ratings and makes him money. All right, let me say this. I love Stephanie McMahon because she is fun. The billion dollar princess. Oh man, she may she may act like a jerk off, but man, she is beautiful. I love I love Stephanie McMahon, especially her and the rock going at it and slapping him in the face and her and him rock bottoming. You know, when I saw the rock rock bottom her, I was like, dang, that's awesome. I never seen that on TV before where a guy got to to basically beat up a girl and get away with it on live TV. It was like, wow, this is what drew me in, man. So you're right. Stone Cold beating up the boss, 
Then you get Stephanie McMahon, and then the brother, Shane McMahon. Shane O'Mac. Shane O'Mac was good, man. I liked him. My favorite thing he did, he would be on one side of the ropes. Coast to coast. He would do a flip and hit the other side. Amazing, man. Yeah, he could go, yeah, turnbuckle to turnbuckle with that drop kick. Yeah, he was great. Oh, so good. But uh, Stephanie McMahon would go on to uh, to marry one of the D-Generation X guys, and that would be Triple H. And uh, what do you think about that, man? It's pretty cool, huh? Yeah, man, it was. Well, it, it was, you know, it's a, it's an interesting story where, you know, he was actually with one of his Generation X uh, teammates, I guess, uh, China, you know, the ninth wonder of the world, China. Um, they were dating and this and that. And this storyline came where he had to hook up with Stephanie and get married to Stephanie. And next thing you know, real life kind of mirrors the uh entertainment life and uh, all of a sudden he's getting married to stephanie and it was a uh, pretty wild pretty wild i did not know that they were really married until like a year or two later when i read it in a magazine i'm like what oh, yeah? i thought it was just a story but it was true man I, I couldn't believe it but let's talk about degeneration x man we had uh we had good old x pac we yep. had uh road dog we had uh triple h it wasn't Shawn michaels part of this Shawn Michaels, Billy Gunn. Oh, Billy Gunn. Yeah. I hate that guy. He sucks. <laughs> but you, you got to have him with Road Dog. Oh, didn't he become Mr. Ass at some point? He was Mr. Ass for a while. Billy Gunn's had a lot of bad gimmicks. He was part of Chuck and Billy. Oh, that's the two, right. The, the gay tag oh, team. That's terrible. They almost got, they had a wedding ceremony. Oh, are you serious? That's Yeah, yeah they had a wedding ceremony oh. that was crashed by, oh man, it was a crash by Kane. Yeah, it was. Oh, uh, that's terrible. Terrific. But yeah, DX though, man, DX was, DX was where he was at. It was. They had, uh, and they had the honorary member of DX, Mike Tyson. <laughs> of course, Mister Hall of Famer, who never did a wrestling in his life, but whatever. Um, I loved. Uh, they come out on the on the stage. The lights would go all dark. You get the green lights, and they do the little cross to their. Uh, to the crotches and say the crotch chop. Yeah. Yep. And then the, you get the fireworks, man. Pretty flipping cool. They were great, man. My favorite thing about them was wasn't even their matches. It was all the other segments outside of the arena. The things that they would do. I mean, the classic one is when they raided the arena that W that Monday Night Nitro was at <laughs> where they showed up with their tank. I mean, that's a classic one. But, you know, they had so many of these just goofy segments that they would do and these backstage things that they would prank Mr. McMahon or prank other wrestlers. And, you know, it was it was cool, man. It was something new. That's awesome. Yeah, I I, I definitely dug those guys, man. Uh, Road Dog, I think he was my favorite just because, number one, you know, he had that awesome intro. I really liked the way he wrestled. I to, to this day, Triple H has finally grown on me. For a long, long time, I was not a fan of Triple H. I thought he was an excellent wrestler, and I thought he could just take crap. I mean, you would take headshots from, you know, chairs like nobody. Uh, but I think I just, I don't know what it is. I could never pinpoint why I never liked him. Now he's that, that Hunter Hearst Helmsley gimmick was bad. Yeah. That was really bad. I am the game. <laughs> I, I love his theme song, though. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, Shawn Michaels, um, this guy, he's he's kind of retired now. Uh, but Shawn Michaels was uh, the heartbreak, wasn't it? Heartbreak Kid. Wasn't heartbreak his... Kid, man. So what was special about Shawn Michaels for people? Shawn Michaels is, he is something special, man. I mean, I remember seeing him uh, growing up 
where I did, I watched a lot of AWA wrestling out of Minneapolis, and uh, the uh, they were the Midnight Rockers at the time. Uh, then he came to, so I mean, I'm I'm saying I've been watching him since he was probably in his teens, um, you know. And he comes to WWF and he's part of the Rockers, cool tag team, never won a title, but just cool and. Uh, everyone loved him, and then he super kicks his partner, Marty, Marty Gennetti, through the window at uh, Brutus Barber Beefcake's Barbershop, <laughs> and that kicks off his solo career, and he, he just, Shawn Michaels can do everything. That's the, what makes him so cool, is that he can, he's a high flyer. He can do amazing matches. He'll bleed. He'll have these wars. He had amazing wars with with. Stone Cold Steve Austin and you know, Amazing Wars with Bret the Hitman Hart and his battles with Diesel and just all these guys. He can put on a great match with anybody, it seems like. Bring out the best in anyone, and he's willing to do anything, you know, sometimes, you know, to the to the detriment of his own health. You know, he's missed a lot of time with a lot of injuries. Right. Because he's not a big dude, but um, he's just, I mean, he is. He's, he's Mr. WrestleMania. He's... He's Mr. You know, the heartbreak kid. And um, he was fun. He was my favorite in DX. And he's just, he's cool. And it's, it's sad to see him retire, but he is, you know, I don't like seeing guys hang around too long. So it is cool. Well, uh, when I was on, uh, when I was on Ryan's podcast, there was a list of the greatest wrestlers ever. And Shawn Michaels is listed as number one. Do you agree yeah. with that? Um, yeah, that's hard to say. For me, I mean, I'm probably biased. My number one is probably Macho Man. But, <laughs> that's uh, awesome. I mean, he's he, he'd probably be in the top five. I think Undertaker should be up there. I think Undertaker gets forgotten about a lot. I agree. You know, and, and even, you know, we talk about this whole 20 years of, of Raw, and Undertaker was there for almost the entire time, I think. For Actually, I think he was there the entire time. Now, um, the, yeah, and he also has the WrestleMania title, which is 20-0. Uh, and 0. Twenty and zero, and uh, I'll tell you the uh, the last last year's WrestleMania, uh, the best match. Even though I bought it to watch Rock versus Cena, the best match of the night, hands down, was Taker versus Triple H. That was by far the best match. And of the that's night. surprising too, because the year before they wrestled, and that was a horrible match. They just laid there half the time. And uh, again, I think the uh, Shawn Michaels enters into that match and makes it better. Yeah. So you know? what you're saying is, is Shawn Michaels is a much better. Kind of like Cena brings out the best in you, and he's kind of like the same. Like, he brings out the best in you kind of thing. Yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, he can wrestle any style of match you want, and he can make the guys look their best and bring out the best and hide their hide the things that they don't do so well. He's a great, he's a ring general. He's one of those guys that you have to have. Okay. All right, let me get back to uh, Ryan's email. He says, I can't tell you how many times I got in trouble at school for using both phrases to other kids and teachers, uh, crotch chops uh, and middle fingers included. But let's talk about the feuds of the Attitude Era, starting off with uh, Austin versus Bret Hart, which ended at WrestleMania 13 in Chicago, Illinois, with the submission match uh, that carried over into the crowd. I remember having tickets offered to my dad and I and my dad not taking them. <laughs> Man, you can imagine my anger that still sits with me today. I hear Rightfully so. Uh, rightfully so. Uh, I could have been there and had Austin and Bret Hart beating each other senseless right next to me in the crowd. Uh, so but he's going to go on to the next feud. Uh, what do you think about that feud? Do you remember this feud pretty oh, good? Yeah. 
Classic feud, classic feud. I mean, there were so many great there's submission matches that, that that was one of the matches too that really helped solidify Stone Cold um was when they had the submission match and he's bleeding out and just he's got the crimson mask of you know on his face and Bret Hart puts him in the sharpshooter and Austin refuses to tap out and won't tap, won't tap, and ends up just passing out. And Bret Hart wins, but Austin never tapped. He just passed out finally from the pain. Attention, attention, channel surfers. Yes, yes, this is Mike McMassoon is breaking in to this awesome review. Hopefully you're digging so far. What's up, guys? Hey, uh, just to give you a heads up, the next section here, Mr. Jameson, he was on some cough syrup, so he wasn't thinking too well. And unfortunately, he kind of broke the rules, and uh, he started doing some Stone Cold Steve Austin. So uh, I had to beep the sucker out. So uh, you know how it is. Got to have some fun. So uh, hopefully... This doesn't happen again, and he goes off his rocker. So back to our scheduled programming. And that everyone was like, that is one tough some. I mean, he is. Look <laughs> at that. So. He took it and, did, you know, and it's, yeah, that was a great feud. And the match he's talking about, too, was amazing. Are we saying some out of this episode? Did I say it? <laughs> yeah, you did. All right. I didn't know if we were supposed to or not because some people still think that's a bad word. So that's why I was going to check with you. Are we, are we using that or are we not? It's up to you. It's your show, man. I didn't I, realize I said it. Yeah, you did. You said some bitch. I was like, oh, maybe I should say it then. Okay. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, that's funny, man. Good times. I'll have to put a disclaimer on this episode. If you are offended by the word please don't listen to this episode. <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right, good times, sir. Uh, the next big feud was Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, which yeah. supposedly had carryover from real-life disagreements between the two. Yeah. I, I do think they have had uh, some of the best matches against each other overall. I'd say they've had the longest-running feud, the most matches against each other, and the best overall matches of all time, technically speaking. Yeah, I agree 100%. So, uh, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, how long do you think that this feud went on for? Probably about... <laughs> Oh well, I mean, the feud—the main part of the feud was several years. But I mean, this was two of my favorite guys. Bret Hart was one of my favorite guys. I loved Hart Foundation growing up, just because I look like Jim the Anvil Neidhart. And uh, Bret Hart is awesome. He's he's in my top five too, favorite wrestlers. And these two, he's right. The, their technical wrestling was—it was something that hadn't been done before. These two could put on a show. And you obviously have the infamous Montreal screw job where Bret Hart was the champ. And these guys have been battling for a couple of years now. And Bret Hart was about to leave the company and go to WCW. Right. He was he was the champ. I remember that. And didn't want to drop the belt in Montreal. He's a Canadian, proud Canadian, and told Vince, just let me keep it through Survivor Series and I will drop it Monday night when we leave Canada. Don't make me drop it in Canada. Vince said, no problem. And they get out, and the match is going, and it's a great match. And all of a sudden, Vince comes running out, and next thing you know, Shawn Michaels is winning the belt out of nowhere. A quick one, two, three count. And, uh, yeah, he really screwed him. The, it was real. I mean, there's a documentary about it, you know, Wrestling with Shadows about Bret Hart. So it documents this. So it's not an urban legend. This is actually No, it's real. real. I mean, because they show the footage of Bret going backstage punching vince out um for it real was, yeah it was for real it was wow. very real and there was a it was a feud brett never stepped foot in the ring with the wwf after that even with his brother owen dying 
he what he wouldn't come back he was he was legit upset and and he and Shawn Michaels had a legit feud that would go on until about three years ago I think it was two or three years ago at uh I can't remember which pay-per-view it was Survivor Series or SummerSlam where Brett came back and decided to do some matches and he and Shawn sat down had an interview and kind of bygones be bygones and this and that and kind of got over it but i mean so this is something that really stewed for you know a dozen years wow that's awesome pretty wild wow so this would definitely be one of those cases where you know uh things are scripted somebody decides to take it too far and and momentum starts essentially so this is one of those this is probably the biggest I guess I thought it was an urban legend, but this is probably the biggest game changer in regards to going against the script. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was McMahon totally just said, forget it. You're you're leaving. I'm not going to do what you want. You know, told him to his face. Sure. No problem. And then came out and told the ref, quick count. Let's do it. Put the belt on Sean. And that was it. That was the end of it. Now, there's going to be some naysayers out there to say, well, it's part of the script to go against the script. It's part of the script. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. But I would say watch. There's a documentary called Wrestling with Shadows. That's the uh, the, documentary crew was following Bret Hart at the time as he was kind of making this transition in his life over to WCW. And there's another documentary that has both Bret and Shawn Michaels that just came out last year. That's really good. And it pretty much deals completely with this. It's it's pretty cool. Awesome. Thanks for uh, thanks for info, because I honestly I kind of thought it was an urban legend. I was like, ah, uh, I don't know, but I'm glad to hear that that actually. I'm not glad that it happened, but I'm glad to know that it's actually a true story. So. Yeah, I started. That's when I started to kind of. It took me a while to warm back up to Shawn Michaels after that, because gotcha. you know it wasn't his fault. It was Vince's deal. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I do think they've had. Okay, I'd say they've had the longest feud. Blah 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 blah. Best overall. Okay. Also, Kane and Undertaker. Feud began as well as the under uh, as the Undertaker versus Mankind feud, uh, which I must say was one of the most hardcore and exciting feuds I can remember from back in those days. Uh, yeah, if I remember right, uh, Undertaker took Mankind, threw him off the top of the Hell in the Cell into a bunch of nails and crap. Right? Well, he threw him through the through the Spanish announce table <sighs> off the off the top of the cage, and then. Power gave him, I think it was, he gave him the last ride through the top of the cage onto the mat. Gotcha. And that, that screwed up Mankind's neck pretty good for still. Now, one thing, you know, um, Mankind was being introduced to me at the time of The Rock, and she said, well, uh, he does different personas. One guy, uh, Dude Love, who he does not do no more because it really disrespected his wife. So he chose not to do that persona anymore. Did you hear about this story? Yeah, yeah, Mick Mick Foley, who uh, who's mankind, and yeah, he did dude, dude love, and he's wild, man. He's great. Now, my favorite though is Cactus Jack. Oh yeah, bang bang, bang bang, bang bang. Um, I love mankind in <sighs> the Rock though, the Rock and Sock connection. We'll get there in a little bit, but uh, that that was kind of my uh, love of mankind started with the whole Rock and Sock connection. But I remember watching that pay per view with uh, with Undertaker and Mankind just tearing each other to pieces man yeah so crazy but i'll never forget that i still have that image in my head 
which I think if various video games at the end credits still show that sequence of him going through and just... Oh, it's one of, yeah, it's one of the most iconic images of WWF is that that image of him getting thrown off the cage. It's wild. It was something WWF wasn't one of these extreme, like, you know, ECW or some of these Japanese promotions that would... They didn't do the thumbtacks and all these barbed wire matches and stuff. You know, they they weren't real extreme. And this was one of the first times that it got crazy. When Mick Foley came around, it started to get crazy. He brought crazy with it. It's true. And that's when it started to get a little insane. And then, you know, The Undertaker, too. I mean, you you, you get him and Kane, like, like your guy was saying, those were great matches, too. You know, I mean, the, the Brothers of Destruction, their supposed brothers, and the way they would battle and... They'd have these crazy, you know, matches, and they—that's—it started a lot of gimmick matches, like the casket match and the buried alive match, and the you know, right, a lot right. of these like that that would that would kind of end in that. And those were great; those are fun, man. I, those are the the best Kane matches, I think, are always when he is wrestling Undertaker. And I think those two bring the best out, right? And then they, um, I think it was on the thousandth the thousandth episode of Raw. Those two were together at the end. They closed yeah. out the show. And I remember the unmasking of of uh, Kane took place during Raw, where he had shaved head and they gave him funky eyes and everything. And <laughs> now he's back to the mask. With I'm the, glad he's back too. With, with the long my my wife just said uh, last Monday. I don't think that's Kane. I think that's some guy pretending to be Kane. They probably switch out the guy. I'm like, no, that's really Kane. Trust there me. There was a fake Kane for a while. I mean, there's been a lot of fake Undertaker. There's been a fake Kane for quite a while. There was. Um, that was kind of part of their gimmick. Um, yeah, I'm glad he went back to the mask, though, because him without the mask was goofy, especially when they first took that mask off him. And they're trying to say that he was horribly disfigured. But you could see where they just, like, shaved part yeah. of his head. Yeah, you could yeah. see the stubble. Right, 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 <laughs> oh, exactly. Man. I was like, when I saw him disfigured, I was like, oh, he just had makeup on. Now He's, he's got some makeup, and he's got one contact in, and he yeah. shaved part of his head. He's all good in the hood. It's all right. right. Um, okay, so before we get, because he's going to talk about The Rock next, right. um, and he talks about his early days. I want to talk before we get to that, the early days of Stone Cold, because he wasn't always Stone Cold Steve Austin. He, oh, he's been a few things. He's been a few things, and uh, like The Rock, he kind of went up to Vince and said, you know what, I kind of want to do something, give me a try, let's see how it works, we'll take it from there. And that's kind of how Stone, you, you remember Stone Cold's original persona before he became stone cold steve austin you remember i this? remember stone cold as part of the hollywood blondes tag oh, team terrible. when he had his like goofy long hair Ooh. and then i remember the ringmaster steve austin. <laughs> yeah there's some bad gimmicks before you hit i mean a lot of these guys go through bad gimmicks before they find one that sticks it's true now the rock if you smell what the rock is cooking He's, uh, he says, okay. And, uh, of course, The Rock was born during the Attitude Era as well. From a guy who started out as no-name Rocky and Mavia. So let's talk about this. Okay, so The Rock, he's a third-generation third wrestler, right? Right. Okay, so his his grandfather was the great... High um, Chief Peter Mavia. Exactly, which he was. Now, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, he's half black, half Samoan. So... Uh, this he his father uh, Rocky uh, was the first Samoan wrestler. No, not the first no. Samoan wrestler, but he was like the first Samoan champion, I believe it was. Right? His Something dad, like that. No, his dad Rocky was black. 
Oh, right. His, his mom is the is the uh, Maivia side. Right, exactly. The Samoan side. Exactly. Okay, my And he's related to I mean those Samoans are all related to each other in the, in the, in wrestling. They're all cousins of someone. Right. Uh so The Rock is a third generation wrestler. So when he came out, he had these stupid looking like uh like pom-poms coming from his arm. He had really curly hair. And let me just say The Rock is awesome with with no hair because when that curly hair was awful. That, terrible. So he comes out. He's the happy, go lucky, just you know. And people are booing this guy, right? Ter- terrible. Now, I have probably one of my all-time favorite documentaries is uh, the most electrifying man in sports entertainment. This is where Dwayne sits down and talks about his life. It's like a three-hour documentary. Right. And, and my favorite part is how he talks about how terrible he was. He walks into Vince's office and says, "You know what?" I'm tired of being the good guy. All I do is get booed at. Let me join the the, the nation of domination. Yeah. Let, let me be a, a heel. A heel in, in those terms are a bad guy. Uh, even though he had a fanny pack on. Uh, it's But he's <laughs> like, let, let me just change my name to The Rock a little bit. And let me just kind of go along with this for like two weeks. And uh, once he started making fun of uh, uh, what was the, uh, the main guy of the nation of domination. What was his name? Uh, Farouk. Farouk. He starts making fun of Farouk on Raw, and people are seeing this. Farouk doesn't see it. He's doing this in the background. He's making fun of him. All of a sudden, he's like, this Rock guy can be kind of cool. And then the thing that changed is when he decided to go against the people by coming up with the catchphrases and by saying, this isn't singled along with the Rock day. And he's like, don't you ever. And the Rock means ever. Sing along with the rock or steal the rock's catchphrases and then it, that's kind of where the momentum picked up it went from rocky sucks to rocky rocky and i remember i remember watching that man and uh just watching him his career build up man it's pretty flipping awesome dude i agree man the one thing about the rock is uh i don't think there's anybody that's had the charisma that he has in in the ring before i just that's what did it was I mean, you know, yeah, he, everyone has to find their legs and find what works for them. But you see, as soon as he got a little confidence, that that charisma came out, and that there was no, there was no stopping him there. Yeah, once you know, there, you weren't going to stay a heel too long. Exactly. Once he got the the five hundred dollars shirt, the boots, six hundred dollars shoe, going to stick up your Rudy Poo candy ass. I mean, once he started coming up with these things, the people were loving it. So as he's expecting the people to hate him the more you know he starts to come around and he starts getting from rocky sucks to rocky rocky and that's because he cut the best promos it's true he would tear you apart on the mic before he even stepped in the ring with you and that was kind of the beauty with the rock nobody could cut promos like he did there's so many um, memorable promos i can't even think of them all Right. And uh, I think it's excellent that he chose the name Rocky because, I mean, he does love Rocky, you know, the movie. And I don't think when he did it at the time, I don't think he knew the momentum that would catch on, that people would be chanting, you know, Rocky, Rocky like that and stuff. Uh, But let's talk about the big the big one, the Stone Cold versus the Rock era. Um, And when Rock started to join, uh, what is it, the the. The, the corporation? corporation champion, yeah. And then you'd have Stone Cold come out with a beer truck and start to spray down Shane McMahon, Vince McMahon, The Rock, 
it's pretty priceless, man. It really was, man. These are the two the two big guys of their generation. I mean, of that era, those are the two biggest guys and the the guys who would cut the best promos that could get the fans behind them, that could tell the story the best. Yeah. To really build it. And yeah, man, you I mean, it was it was great. Those were great matches. Those were great raws. When, Every episode was awesome because you know that probably an hour of that night was gonna be those two. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember him saying, I wanted to be the best, I wanted to be number one, and he wanted to be number one. There's only one spot for number one, and that's what made us so great. Uh, because they really were best friends. I'll, I'll never forget, I, I, I don't read books too much, but I read The Rock Says book, you know, and mm-hmm. he talks about how Owen Hart was one of his best friends, and he was there the night that he died, and how he wanted to go out and help him and stuff. But he talked about how him and Stone Cold were so close, how the re- the biggest WrestleMania matches, they would rehearse for a week till they got it down pat. And uh, just to just to make the biggest WrestleManias possible. Because The Rock always lost to Stone Cold at the WrestleManias. It was yeah. like, f- like five of them. He would always lose. I mean, it would always be... The people's elbow, and then the Rock would give the Stone Cold stunner. Stone Cold would give the people's, you know, elbow. It, they would always flip flop, but it was always like a 50-minute match. I mean, it was crazy. You remember that? Oh yeah. And uh, but I love those two going at it because it was the most entertainment, man. The stuff that they would do to each other. I remember when he took uh, Stone Cold and threw him off a bridge, and then he uh, threw his stuff into the water. That was hilarious, man. Yep, yep. Uh, what were some of your favorite uh, things that they did to each other? Oh, man. I just, I'm, my favorite is always when anytime Stone Cold would show up with the beer truck, you know, and just, man, I, I, I loved it because at the time, you know, you were supposed to hate The Rock. And, you know, he was part of the corporation and you were supposed to hate him, but it was so hard. And this is one of the few times where you have good guy and bad guy who everyone pretty much likes. You know, it doesn't happen that often where you can get them together like that. And uh, I, I just, I always, I always love watching those two work off each other. It's, it's something that that is lacking, I think, these days. It's true. I think you made a really good point where you have the the quote unquote heel comes out and he gets a huge cheer. You have the good guy come out and his cheer. It pretty much equals the same as the heels cheer that just happened. Yeah. And then during the match, you have half the crowd going stone cold, and then you have the other crowd saying Rocky. I mean, you. Re- I haven't seen it happen since, man. I like I said, I came in at the perfect time, and as you said, it's lacking today, man. I don't see that where you love the villain or you love the good guy the same. You mm-hmm. know, it's like it was like the perfect combination of wrestlers i don't know man that that's what made me love him so much is that charisma the charisma of the rock and the the rawness of stone cold i'm never ever going to forget that and to me when people say what was wrestling it was the attitude era the attitude era is by far the most pivotal point of wrestling if you are ever going to watch any of it just type in attitude era watch some of that and you'll see the best of the best raw not this pg crap that we have today right Right. Terrible. Um, so uh, Ryan goes on to say, 
Uh, let's see. Um, jo- to joining the Nation of Domination and then go solo as The Rock, who would continue to be, in my opinion, one of the best Mike guys to ever grace the squared circle. His feud with Stone Cold was one for the ages as well. But my favorite feud from that era and that just set the tone of that wrestle, uh, of what wrestling was to me was the Vince McMahon and Stone Cold Steve Austin feud. Yes, sir. Uh, in my opinion, nothing could top the drama and just ridiculous antics by Austin and the pompous ass McMahon. Uh, it was your everyday hardworking guy going up against his a-hole boss and actually getting revenge on all the BS McMahon put Austin through. In no other job or career can you physically beat your boss on a nightly basis, flip your boss off, spray your boss with beer from a beer truck, and of course give your boss the stunner. Ah, oh, this is so good. We already covered this, so this is what's so Yeah, funny. man. Spot on. Uh, it was the man versus the corporation, and the and the man won. I think the characters, wrestling, storyline, etc., were all top-notch during the Attitude Era, and I don't believe ratings have ever been that high since. Um, the only other time it's happened was um, when Mankind threw the rock, This Is Your Life. That yeah. was the biggest Raw particular episode rating there was. I think it was like 5 million viewers or something like that. It was crazy. Uh, that's the last time since, um, for ratings wise, that was that huge. Um, I recently just got back into wrestling in the last year or so, but, uh, have not been impressed with things. It's still fun. And I do look forward to every Monday night, but I'm not a diehard fan anymore, which I can pretty much, you know, I, I'll be the first person to admit if the rock's on, I'm going to watch raw. If the rock's not on, I'm not going to. Uh, and that doesn't necessarily say that I, I don't like what's there now. I mean, uh, during this whole WrestleMania thing, I became a big fan of Cena. You were the Cena fan. I wasn't. And, you know, you're kind of like, Mike, here's some good reasons why you should really like John Cena. Um, you know, if- yeah, it's not cool to like him, you know. Yeah. It's, you know, and that, everyone says it's just it's girls and kids, little kids. And it is mostly, but he's a cool guy. And. And I do watch Raw every week because my boys love it. I have a 7- and a 10-year-old boy. Tell me that's not in their wheelhouse. Everything they talk, you know, they love some wrestling. And my my 7-year-old thinks he's John Cena. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> so. My little 4-year-old, um, every time The Rock comes out and he goes up on the turnbuckles and sticks his arm out, she does the same thing at the same time that he does, uh, which is hilarious. And every time she sees Cena... She goes, you can't see me. <laughs> Their little hand. It's kind of cute. It's kind of fun. Good times. Um, we'll talk about John Cena a little bit. Yep. Uh, let's see. Um, personally, okay, hold on one second. But I'm not a diehard fan anymore, and it's not because I grew up. It's because it's just not as good as it was during the Attitude Era. Personally, I see no point to the women wrestlers, a.k.a. divas. Right. Not, not to say I don't enjoy looking at them, but the wrestling itself is terrible. They should remain as managers and escort guys to the ring and fill in storylines involving relationships with an occasional exhibition match to quote-unquote settle the score between each other. So his topic on the Divas, what's your thoughts on that, sir? Yeah, you know, they've kind of come and gone uh, during the Attitude Era. You know, they were kind of just eye candy. And then you started to get some, I mean, obviously you had China who was, totally different i mean you got a female who won the intercontinental championship who is the the enforcer of all this group you know um but yeah nowadays other than i mean they really don't book them well they're most of them are really 
bad wrestlers. Um, yeah, they're kind of annoying, but you know, they, they do this big thing with AJ now. She's in the main storyline with everything. And it's, it, I, I think he's right for the most point that their wrestling is usually pretty bad and they kind of just don't know what to do with them. Well, for me, I was a humongous fan of Lita and Trish mm-hmm. Stratus. Those were the two that I really enjoyed. China, I really didn't care too much about. I really enjoyed Lita, the Hardy Boys. Yeah, she was cool. I loved it. Those three were pretty flipping amazing. Anytime she came out, she was on a thousandth episode of Raw, still looking great, just like she was when she left. Uh, Trish Stratus, you know, I would watch Tough Enough on USA, where Stone Cold was the host of the show, trying to look for new people. And uh, is she was one of the trainers? Yeah, yeah, she was. Yeah, I always like I was I was a big fan of Lita. I was a big fan of Stacy Keebler, and uh, she was a horrible wrestler, but that didn't matter. <laughs> and now she's uh, you know now she's just dating George Clooney and living life. Dude, I'm sorry. Hold on. <laughs> what was that? Oh, sorry. I had to move some stuff, so I'm sorry about that, man. Not to kill your flow there. I, I got cool, it. Man. I, Not cool. I got it all taken care of. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she. You're right. Trish Stratus was one of the trainers. I really, really enjoyed her, and uh, you know, I I see where he's going. I, like when I got WrestleMania, that whole like diva match, terrible. Oh, because they always make them like, especially WrestleMania, they feel like they have to bring some ridiculous celebrity like Snooki or Maria oh. Menounos or somebody to draw more people. Like that's gonna draw more fans. I don't, I don't understand that, but it just makes it worse. I hear you. They should get rid of that gimmick altogether because it's stupid. I don't like it. So, uh, but he goes on to say, um, let's see, uh, settle the score. Okay. Other than that, I see no point to the divas. John Cena salad and a few of the newer guys definitely have potential given proper storylines. Like, uh, you know, some of the newer guys, uh, I become a fan of John Cena. I really have a lot of respect for him ever since the whole, I really got him to learn about who he is as a person and, uh, you know, he's the biggest uh, Make-A-Wish Foundation person ever. You know, Yeah, he's, he's granted the most wishes ever. Yeah, which is just mind-blowingly awesome. Uh, I love during the, he had a cancer shirt, which, you know, I was like all about trying to get the cancer stickers. and the Yeah, that Rise Against Cancer shirt. That was cool. That was awesome. And uh, he's great for the kids, you know, and I think... The the cool thing with the Rock versus Cena match, it really brought out the best of uh, of Cena. You know the Fruity Pebbles thing. He's now going to be on Fruity Pebbles, which is pretty flipping cool. Yeah, he's replacing Fred, Fred Flintstone now. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I know it's for a limited time, but you know it was kind of I I don't know. They kind of sat down and said, let's do this for a whole year. I've never seen that before. A match that you have to wait a year for anticipation for. And it was, you know, that's why I'm enjoying the CM Punk and Rock thing because it's only 20 days that I have to wait versus a year. But uh, John Cena, man, I became a real big fan of. Um, I really could care less about The Miz because I'm awesome. (laughs) He actually was a tough enough, uh, I believe, like second winner or something because the winner. He didn't he didn't even win. He was just. Yeah. Like he just competed. Yeah. And then the actual winner of tough enough both time. I think one of them lasted. The other one got fired. So so there's been like six seasons of that show. Okay. Yeah. And it's had a very, very poor hit rate for the people that win it. Uh, Sheamus seems to be okay, even though he had, like, I believe he had the fastest match at WrestleMania last year. Like, yep. 20 seconds is ridiculous. 
Um, but the newer guys, are there any new guys in particular that you're kind of like, let's keep an eye on this guy or are most of them just kind of annoying to you? Well, see, I, as I've grown up and my boys hate this, but I really like the heels now. I mean, I do love John Cena, but I love like when CM Punk turns into the scumbag. I love it. I love guys like, uh, young guys like Dolph Ziggler, um, guys like that. I really like, um, and so those are kind of some of the guys that I watch, you know, and um, I love it when guys get reactions out of you. I think that's it's it's really good when you can be a heel like like CM Punk is right now and just and draw the hatred from people and get people to who loved you last week. People who were chanting your name last week. Next week, you get them to just hating you. I think that's amazing to be able to do and do it right without doing it cheap. And so I, I like some of these some of these young kind of heel guys like Damian Sandow and and Cody Rhodes. Um, I don't know. That's kind of that's kind of where I'm at lately. Okay. Um, on SmackDown, uh, what's his what's his face that has all the tattoos? Randy Orton. Randy Orton. Yeah. Uh, you know, he just doesn't have any charisma for me. Right now, I want to talk about CM Punk. Um, now, doesn't your boy David Vox Mullen? Wasn't he friends with CM Punk or something like that? They were uh, they were in the same wrestling deal. Uh, they, our producer David he uh, yeah he was in I think it was LPW wrestling down in Chicago and CM Punk was uh, you know his, at the time he was Phil Brooks was his name and um, yeah they wrestled together a lot and they were there he was there when CM Punk took his nickname of uh, CM Chick Magnet Punk he was part of the Chick Magnets and uh, yeah they're uh, they they know each other. Vox knows them pretty well, I guess. Okay, so I want to get your opinion on this because one of the uh, one of the big um, things with CM Punk is there's one there's one thing of uh, on Raw where John he helped John Cena lose a match. John Cena got put through a table through our truth, and then CM Punk goes off and sits down and mm-hmm. essentially goes off. He goes off on Dwayne. Saying, "Ooh, I'm breaking the fourth wall. I shouldn't be talking about people like that." But he starts talking about how he's such a, you know, jerk, and then he starts talking about all the other people. And John, you know, talking about last year's. Yeah, talking about last year. Last summer, we sat on the ramp and had his promo. Yeah, and then eventually the promo led into him getting cut off after he started talking about the McMahons and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Do you think this is real or do you think this is scripted? Because this, I think, I don't know, man. I think at the time that was real. I think. Uh, from what I've read and from what I've heard is that it was kind of it, it was it blurred the lines and it really kind of made it interesting again because it was you weren't sure what was real and what wasn't for the first time in a long time. And from what I understand is that he had kind of an OK to I'm going to go and cut a long promo and OK. And but he kind of went off the rails. I mean, he was. He was giving shout outs to guys who have been fired by WWE. You know, he was he was calling out for the ice cream bars that they used to have back in the 80s. And he was kind of breaking the fourth wall and calling guys by their real names, you know, calling referring to Triple H as, you know, Paul, Jean-Paul Levesque and and kind of getting real with it. And he did. He only had a couple weeks left on his contract and. His contract was legit expiring, and he kind of did what he wanted to do, and they got cut off, and and he they let his contract expire. He left with the title, and then that kind of then that kind of blurred the lines, and and 
you know, then the WWE started to use that as part of their storyline. But at the time, it was, as far as I can tell, fairly legit. Yeah, I really got a vibe off that, that it was real. And that was, believe it or not, my first experience of CM Punk. I don't know what it was. I turned on that night. I think I was bored. And I watched this go down. And I said to myself, who is this guy? And did they just let him get away with that? And, uh, and then, of course, when he get cut off, I was like, wow. John Cena, while you, you lay there, hopefully as uncomfortable as you possibly can be, I want you to listen to me. I want you to digest this because before I leave in three weeks with your WWE championship, I have a lot of things I want to get off my chest. I don't hate you, John. I don't even dislike you. I do like you. I like you a hell of a lot more than I like most people in the back. I hate this idea that you're the best. Because you're not. I'm the best. I'm the best in the world. There's one thing you're better at than I am. And that's kissing Vince McMahon's ass. You're as good as kissing Vince's ass as Hulk Hogan was. I don't know if you're as good as Dwayne, though. He's a pretty good ass kisser. Always was and still is. Oops, I'm breaking the fourth wall. I am the best wrestler in the world. I've been the best ever since day one when I walked into this company and I've been vilified and hated since that day because Paul Heyman saw something in me that nobody else wanted to admit. That's right, I'm a Paul Heyman guy. You know who else was a Paul Heyman guy? Brock Lesnar. And he split, just like I'm splitting, but the biggest difference between me and Brock is I'm going to leave with the WWE Championship. I've grabbed so many of Vincent K. McMahon's imaginary brass rings that it's finally dawned on me that they're just that, they're completely imaginary. The only thing that's real is me, and the fact that day in and day out, for almost six years, I have proved to everybody in the world that I am the best on this microphone, in that ring, even at commentary. Nobody can touch me. And yet, no, how many, no matter how many times I prove it, I'm not on your lovely little collector cups. I'm not on the cover of the program. I'm barely promoted. I don't get to be in movies. I'm certainly not on any crappy show on the USA Network. I'm not on the poster of WrestleMania. I'm not in the signature that's produced at the start of the show. I'm not on Conan O'Brien. I'm not on Jimmy Fallon. But the fact of the matter is I should be. And trust me, this isn't sour grapes. But the fact that Dwayne is in the main event of WrestleMania next year and I'm not makes me sick. Oh, hey, let, let me get something straight. Those of you who are cheering me right now, you are just the biggest part of me leaving as anything else. Because you're the ones that are sipping out of those collector cups right now. 
You're the ones that buy those programs that my face isn't on the cover of. And then at 5 in the morning at the airport, you try to shove it in my face so you can get an autograph and try to sell it on eBay because you're too lazy to go get a real job. I'm leaving with the WWE Championship on July 17th. And hell, who knows? Maybe I'll go defend it in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Maybe I'll go back to Ring of Honor. Hey, Colt Cabana, how you doing? The reason I'm leaving is you people, because after I'm gone, you're still going to pour money into this company. I'm just a spoke on the wheel. The wheel's going to keep turning, and I understand that. But Vince McMahon's going to make money despite himself. He's a millionaire who should be a billionaire. You know why he's not a billionaire? It's because he surrounds himself with glad-handing, nonsensical... Yes, men like John Laurinaitis, who's going to tell him everything that he wants to hear. And I'd like to think that maybe this company will be better after Vince McMahon's dead. But the fact is, it's, it's going to get taken over by his idiotic daughter and his doofus son-in-law and the rest of his stupid family. Let me tell you a personal story about Vince McMahon, all right? Do we do this whole bully camp? Um, and speaking of cut off, last Monday... He started going off again. And, and that was a cool promo, too. Kind of reminiscent, only not as real. That one was more scripted, I think. Okay. There was, it was kind of, there was some things that he said that I guess backstage they had some problems with, but it, it got a reaction. When he does that, it gets a reaction. He knows how to get people to pay attention to him, you know? Yeah, I hear you. So CM Punk. And uh, let's talk about the. Let me finish up. Uh, Ryan's yeah, let's email, finish his email. Yeah, and, and then we'll we'll talk about the Royal Rumble here. So he goes on to say, um, "Let's see. I do enjoy the return of all the. Uh, wait, so John's okay. New guys definitely have potential. Okay, I do enjoy the return of all the older guys from the Attitude Era every so often, which leads me to say this: CM Punk wins at Royal Rumble. Sorry, Mike. I said good day. Ryan from the Detour <laughs> Podcast. P.S. Don't forget to plug our Royal Rumble breakdown show on the 22nd to be released the morning of the Royal Rumble the 27th. I'll go in deep as to why CM Punk retains the title. And then I went off and told him that uh, you're a jerk and idiot and I will tell you on your show why CM Punk is going to lose. So uh, right. that, that was our conversation. So thank you, Ryan. I'm just messing with you, sir. That, that, uh, thanks, Ryan, so much for writing in, sir. Excellent, uh, excellent topics you brought up, man. It lot, brought up a lot of good, good discussion, which I was looking forward to. All right, so but we have two more. So before we get into that, let's talk about the Royal Rumble, sir. Okay, so here's the thing: uh, as we kind of joked about an STL, Rock's made five movies. Um, first one coming out is uh, Snitch. Then we have Pain and Gain, uh, or actually maybe Pain and Gain's first. I don't know. Uh, and then uh, G.I. Joe, Fast Five, and then Empire State. Those are the movies that are coming out this year. So he's been a busy man. So the when The Rock came back, it was seven years later. Uh, this was on February 14, 2011. And they said, introducing the hosts of WrestleMania. And the crowd was like completely like, you know, it was all black. Then if the smell what The Rock is cooking came on, I mean, it was the probably... I mean, people still say they get goosebumps off of that promo. So oh, Rock, yeah. I, I marked out watching that, sitting in my living room. Yeah. So Rock comes back and says, after seven long years, The Rock is back, and I am never, ever, ever leaving. 
Uh, I'm never leaving you again. So most people have thought, well, The Rock quit Hollywood and he's going to go make movies. Or he's he quit Hollywood he's going to be back wrestling. No, you idiot. That just means that he hasn't forgot where he came from and he's going to be doing both. Just like Bo Jackson can do football and do baseball, The Rock can do movies and do wrestling. So it uh, brings me back to the return here. So last year he came back. Uh, was the host of WrestleMania, then decided that he was going to fight John Cena. We had a year buildup with basically what? It was like maybe three weeks before the match, They he started coming back on Raw, right? And then they did like the Raw concert and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. After WrestleMania, he wins against John Cena, surprisingly, comes back the next night on Raw and says that when I come back, I am going to be the WWE champion once again. It's something that I've been missing because Rock's thing is that he left because there was nobody else to beat. He beat the best of the best. He beat Stone Cold. He beat Undertaker. He beat Triple H. There was nothing left for him to do. Well, he had his classic icon versus icon match right before he left when he finally got to put, you know, they faced, he faced Hogan. Right. That was the big generation versus generation match. And then it was kind of like, yeah. Uh, who else is there? Yeah, what else is there to do? Seven-time WWE champion or WWF champion, WCW champion. I mean, he was all of them. So he left and decided he wanted to give Hollywood a shot. He took seven years off. I can't, I have no, you know, a lot of people give him hate for that, and that's fine. Uh, me, I'm just happy that I enjoy, I love his movies so much because I was worried. I was like, okay. Is this going to be like Hulk Hogan? Because Hulk Hogan, I mean, Suburban Commando wasn't really great. Thunder in Paradise. Thunder in Paradise. I'm like the Danny yeah. one. Oh. So when when I saw Walking Tall, I was like, wow. I'm like, he's not the greatest actor in the world, but he has just as much charisma as he does on in the ring. But it, but it's still different, as he said. You can never get the live audience like you can you know, in the ring, like, you know, you can't do that in the movie and stuff. So I was like, I'm loving his movies. And when he shows up to wrestling, great. I get the best of both worlds. So he comes back and says, you know, I'm going to be WWE champion. So now we're in 2012 or the end of 2012 where he decides to come back. And, uh, you gave me information that I didn't know about, about him this year. Right. And, uh, what is that information, sir? That he is, uh, he's signed on th- through WrestleMania, through the first Raw after WrestleMania. So we're talking uh, several months, and he signed on to appear at every Raw event. He was on SmackDown this past week too, and he's gonna, you know, obviously wrestle the Royal Rumble. He's gonna wrestle in the Elimination Chamber for the first time, and then he's gonna wrestle at WrestleMania, and then the 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 Monday, every Raw between there and the the Raw after WrestleMania he's scheduled for. So it's it's actually a pretty extensive run. You know, it's not just. Hit a pay-per-view, see it in a couple of months. Yeah, the reason why I brought up the movies was because he made five of those. So it really, his movie career, pretty much he has movies coming out. So yeah, he's got plenty of work in the can that he can take this break. Exactly. That That's kind of my whole point. I think he purposely took the time to make as much movies as he could. So he'd be, you know, throughout the year, all he'd have to do is, hey, hit Jay Leno here, hit Ellen there. Other well, than this that, is I great miss- publicity. I mean... You know, wrestling fans are his core audience that have followed him. You know, he obviously he's expanded it, but it's his core audience. So it doesn't hurt to be seen by everyone every Monday night. Right. And get the publicity that goes along with it. And the WWE loves it because he brings his fans that aren't wrestling fans. Hopefully he'll bring them with and hopefully 
you know, when, when he wins the title and he goes on Jay Leno to promote pain and gain and he has the WWE championship over his shoulder, that helps them too. <laughs> Did you hear at uh, Film and Focus the story about Zach saying Masunas has got his tickets already? Did you hear this? No, no. <laughs> okay, so, oh no, it flicks, sorry. So Jason and Dan, they reviewed the the trailer to Pain and Gain. And you know, right. me and you, we talked how terrible it looks, right? Yeah. So they're at The Hobbit, and one of the trailers at The Hobbit was Pain and Gain. And Zach, one of their friends who'd never, I guess, been on flicks, leans over to Jason and says, Masunas has already got his tickets. And they started busting up laughing. Because Jason says, we'll let Masunas love this movie and I, and I told him, like, dude, I don't love this movie. I think it's going to be trash. And I just thought that was kind of funny that uh, <laughs> that they brought that up. I was like, the only rock movie I'm never going to go see, you know. Uh, but I bring up the movies because it's perfect. He did all this work. He's got his Hollywood side taken care of. And here's the thing that, you know, people don't realize. He's doing this because of the fact he loves the fans. He's putting his body through jeopardy. Anything could happen. Get hurt. He's done. You know, so it's not like he's, he doesn't he hasn't forgot where he came from, you know, and I'm very excited. I didn't know about the Elimination Chamber. I didn't know about all the Raws and stuff. And the thing is, is uh, if he gets the title, I kind of thought he was going to win the title, lose it the next day at Raw and take off. But with the, with this information you gave me of how much longer he's going to be there, it was like, wow, Um I'll be honest with you, man. I don't think he's going to win it at Royal Rumble. Okay, so that's what... Uh, I think what, he's going to win it at the Elimination Chamber and then lose it at WrestleMania. Okay. So so what's your predictions going forward for the, for the like, pay-per-views and stuff? Well, I mean, I think I think he's going to lose to CM Punk. Okay. I think just because, just because everyone expects him to win. I think that they're gonna they're gonna pull the swerve on you. You and, think so? Uh, I think everybody I thinks he's going to to I don't know. I think everyone expects him to win, man. I think I think they're gonna pull the swerve, and I think I think he'll win it in Elimination Chamber. I think that'll be huge, and then I think he's gonna I think he's gonna drop it to Cena at WrestleMania. So, so here's the thing: you think that Cena and Rock will be at it again, like a rematch? Because I know they mentioned at the 1,000th episode, I'd love to have a rematch again. So you think they're going to do WrestleMania Part 2? I Well, what I think is, I think, you talking about Cena and Rock? Or yeah, who? yeah, Cena and Rock. Yeah, yeah, I think they're going to go, yeah, I think they're going to have another one. I think he's going to drop the title to Cena then. Okay. And That's then, what I think. And then he's done after that is what you're saying. Yeah, I think then he makes his exit. He's put in, you know, three, three, three plus months. Okay. And uh, yeah, it's time to get get working on some new movies. All right. So your prediction is he loses at Royal Rumble, gains yep. it at Elimination Chamber, keeps right. the title, maybe does a fight or two on Raw, maybe mm-hmm. like you know let's you're gonna lose the title, Rock. You know. Oh, they'll do out. yeah, because they'll do some stuff where like they always do where they they pair him up in a tag team with Cena and you know and make them fight together against Shield or whoever. Okay. And you know, that's all they do. And then, you know, here we go. I, okay. Cena will, we'll get the rematch. All right. I, I like I like where you're going with this. Let's say it goes the other way around and Rock beats Punk. So mm-hmm. that, so then what? Well, how would it go from there? Then I think it goes to the Rumble. Yeah, it's hard. To, I mean, it's hard to tell if he beats Punk. Um, this is at the Rumble we're talking. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he beats Punk at the Rumble. Yep. Loses it at the Chamber and gains it again at the... 
at WrestleMania and then loses it the next night to John Cena Monday and then he takes off? I, I could be. I just he's got to lose it at some. He's gonna win it and lose it. At some right. Point. Exactly. Everybody knows he's gonna win it and lose it because he's not full time. So and I just I don't see him. I think he's gonna lose at WrestleMania because I think because Cena did the job last year. Cena lost last year, and after a whole year of hype, he took the loss. I don't. I think they're gonna reward him for doing that. Okay. I think he's going to get the title at WrestleMania. Do I want to blow $60 to see The Rock lose? Just come up to my house, man. I'll have it. All right, cool. Well, I'm doing the Rumble, man, for sure. I'm going to be getting him tacos and make a taco day. And, nice. And uh, having my Did nephew. Did you say naked taco day? Yeah, man, we're, making it, we're making it a taco day. We're going to make tacos oh, all day. Naked. What'd you think I meant? I thought you said naked taco day. Oh. <laughs> I was like, I don't know how you roll, Mike. I haven't been to your house. No, man, it's all good. Okay, Channel Surfers, got to cut in here for a moment because during this whole conversation, I realized afterwards that I never gave my predictions of what's going to happen at the Royal Rumble. So here's how it's going to go. I personally think that The Rock is going to win simply because of the fact of how long Punk has had the title for and all this hype about how he cannot be beat. And it seems like they want to make it to where the only person that could take him down was The Rock. I do truly believe that he will win at the Royal Rumble, he will get the belt, and then he will lose it at Elimination Chamber. That's what I think is going to happen. Uh, from Elimination Chamber on, I have no idea, but I honestly believe without a shadow of a doubt, 100%, that The Rock wins at the Royal Rumble and loses the belt at the Elimination Chamber. That's my prediction because of the fact of how long Punk has had the belt for, and somebody has to take it away from him. Who else to do it outside of arguably the biggest star that they have? And I'm not saying that based on my biased opinion of my love for The Rock. It's simply because of he is their biggest star outside of John Cena. And John Cena couldn't take it away. So you might as well have The, the Rock take it away. So that's my prediction. I wanted to throw that in there just in case you had any questions. So now back to the show. Yeah, man, that's how we roll at my house. You do naked tacos. It's all. Right. I'm making tacos tonight, but I, I guess I hadn't thought about that. We'll watch some wrestling and uh, see what happens, I guess. All right, cool. All right. So, uh, so yeah, I, I like your prediction, sir. We shall see how they go. So let's roll into our next email. This one comes from John the Mailman. He's like, hello, CC Podcast. Uh, I hope your year has started off great. I can't wait to hear you guys talk some raw. My favorite wrestler was Bret Hart, and after his screw job, I kind of stopped watching, but uh, got back into it when the new DX was formed. Uh, I like Shawn Michaels now, but back then I couldn't stand him. He helped the screw job. A lot of my favorite moments uh, stars The Rock and Stone Cold. The beer truck was great. The ending in every night with the stunner or rock bottom uh, always got me out of my seat. Uh, it was so hard to recall the greatest moments. We're talking 20 years of new episodes every Monday. Only uh, one I can recall that wasn't new was after the Chris Benoit incident. Uh, after the Chris Benoit incident, what do you think that? What do you think he's coming from with that? Is Chris Benoit? Mm-hmm. You mean when Benoit passed away? After oh, the, is that the Benoit incident where he? Uh, that was a horrible, horrible. Yeah. What? Ha- refresh my memory. What happened on that one? Um, Chris Benoit, you know, was a former WWE champion. Everybody loved him, and 
the word came out like Monday afternoon that Chris Benoit had been found dead. And he and his wife and his kid had been found dead in their home. And so there was a big tribute. They they canceled Raw that night and had a, a big two-hour tribute where every wrestler came out, much like they did with, with Owen Hart, and, and did a big thing of talking about what a great guy he was, what a family guy he was. He loved his family. I can't believe it, blah, 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 going on and on and on, dedicating to him. The next day it comes out that the police come out and say that Benoit had murdered his wife and his child and then committed suicide. Really? And then uh, now that's kind of led to, there's no mention of Benoit ever in WWE. Now they, if you watch, if you buy like new things that come out and Benoit is supposed to be in the match or something happened, they just cut him out. He, you go on the website, he was never WWE champion. Um, just he's he's cut out completely like he never existed because of this horrific thing he did wow yeah and so they've wow. you, you know that it really embarrassed vince and the organization at the time because they did have this huge tribute i mean outpouring of what a great family guy this guy was nobody loves his kids more than this guy and then the media gets a hold of it like really this child murderer that's who you guys love so much and it put a big black eye on the on wwe for a while Wow. Didn't know that, man. That's crazy. Yeah. All right. Uh, so DX had some great moments. The attack on WCW was fun, and even Undertaker had a great moment when he tried to marry Stephanie McMahon. <laughs> um, this email could go on for 20 years because there's so much good stuff, but I'll end with my top five wrestlers. Number one, Bret Hart. Number two, Triple H. Number three, The Rock. Number four, Stone Cold. And number five, Shawn Michaels. I can't wait to hear the show. Yep, I can't wait to hear the show at work now. I had to sneak this one in, but hope you guys have fun. Consider this email delivered, John the Mailman. Thank you, sir. It's true. He's like, I thought CCP was on uh, hiatus for a while. I'm like, well, the snow has stopped, and uh, it's meant to be that we record on the day of the 20th anniversary of Raw. So That's right. So there you go. All right, sir, are you ready for our final email, sir? Let's do it. All right, this one comes from Anthony, the epic emailer. Here we go. Hello there, Masunis, and who were you again? Oh, I'm only joking around, Jameson. Uh, You've done a terrific job of becoming co-host of sorts for STL and CCP, a definite good addition to the shows. So there you go, sir. You got some props, man. Thank you. That's awesome. Yeah. Glad that you guys are do- going to do an episode for wrestling, but I'm certain that it has to do with Dwayne returning, um, mm. of, of course. Uh, ever since I happened – well, let's be honest. We we talked about this when we started the show about covering Raw because that was kind of a request from a few people like, hey, are you ever going to do Monday Night Raw? But me and you, we were re- – we were kind of like, nah, because it's just too much to talk about. It's overwhelming. It's overwhelming, and it's we really wouldn't be able to do it justice. So me and you, we're, kind of, we're really doing this episode just as two guys talking, fan, you know, just being fans. It, I don't think we've actually talked raw too much, to be honest. We're just kind of talking <laughs> in general. But, uh, you know, like I said, we're going to make some people happy. We're going to make some people mad, but we're just doing it for fun, so... Uh, but ever since I happened to come across the Raw episode in 1995, I've been hooked. Since then, I've looked at past pay-per-views slash shows and have watched stuff from other promotions. No question there has been ups and downs, but I've stuck around and will probably remain so for a foreseeable future. Anthony is definitely, you know, every week he's like, dude, you know, here's what's going on in wrestling. He definitely knows all the ins and outs. He goes to a lot of like uh, 
listens to a lot of podcasts and chat rooms, and they're not really friendly over there. So the STL Nation is probably the nicest place he's been to, I can say. Cool. Yeah. Uh, going back to Dwayne returning, I'm fine with it as it helps to bring back people whose interests may have dropped over time. However, I can't help feeling that continually bringing back people from the past, not just in the Attitude Era, it takes away the possible spotlight from some of the up-and-comers. What do you think about this statement? Yeah, that's kind of been the argument with guys like The Rock just coming back and without even having to do anything, getting a main event shot. You know, and that's kind of been the complaint is that then that's a spot that somebody else can't have. That's rest that travels and wrestles, you know, 350 days a year. And I can see both sides. It's fair uh, from the point of view of the guy in the back who, who wants his shot, but you know what? The rock earned his stripes and yeah. he yeah. brings with him something that not many other people can bring. Exactly. I, I was just going to say the same thing. He's paid his dues. Have you guys not seen all the years he was in WWE and all the crap that he went through? And, you know, if you've won it seven times and there's nothing left to prove, why? I mean, you what you should be upset about is if he doesn't come back. That's what you should be upset about. You know, if he just said, screw the WWE, I'm forgetting where I came from, then you have a right to complain. But when he's coming back and willing to put his body at risk, I mean, granted, he's probably in better shape than most of the humans on this planet, but I'm just saying, if he's willing to jeopardize his newfound career where he's making, I mean, aren't you the one that told me that he's the fifth most, uh, he's the fifth actor to get the most return on your investment on in Hollywood? Yeah, they had that they had that list that came out last week of guys per dollar, how much you pay him to how much he returns for you at the box office and he was he was number 5 on that list and that's that's huge. Yeah. So That means he bring he puts butts in seats and he does it everywhere he goes. As I like to say, he's I've always kind of joked he's franchise Viagra. You know, you put him in a franchise, he's going to revive it, the Fast and Furious franchise. And you thought it was going to be G.I. Joe until they postponed it, you know. But I really think that, you know, whatever he gets put in, like franchise-wise, it comes back. But it's true. I mean, if he's number five, what does he have to gain by coming back to wrestling? Nothing. He does it because he loves the fans. So the people complain in the background, I hear what you're saying. It, I, I can see the frustration, but... You have to understand when people pay their dues and they're coming back, you got to show, you got to give some leeway, you know? So I, I guess I see both sides. So you want the, you know, you want that spot. You got to earn that spot just like he did. Right. Right. Definitely. You know, you're, you're upset with him. Hey man, look in the mirror. Yeah. Good times. So uh, going back to Dwayne returning, I'm fine with it as it helps bring back people. Uh, however, I can't help feeling that continually, uh, oh, just sorry, again, I'm skipping over here. Let's see, Attitude Era. It's Okay, if you want to bring people back from the past and if you have them wrestle, they should be used to getting uh, the other guy over. Uh, you might hate this Masunas, but I'm going to be rooting for CM Punk to retain the title at the Royal Rumble. Uh, I'm. It's just that while he has been confirmed, yeah, it's just that while it has been confirmed that Dwayne will be making appearances all the way up to WrestleMania, I don't think they'll mostly be by I think they'll mostly be by satellite or simply promos. Now, I see where Anthony's coming from on this because it's true, especially with Cena, he did do a lot of satellite stuff, but that was during he was making movies at the time. I think it's right. going to be I think it's going to be different this year. So, I can see why people say that. 
Um, it's fine if you're rooting for CM Punk. You know, I think me, I'm really, I'm really intrigued by this guy because I don't know how real his words are because I mean, he was on the, uh, he was on the documentary of the rock talking about how great his promos are and stuff. I'm like, I thought this guy hates the rock. So I really, I'm very confused, man. It, it's really good wrestling when I don't know the difference. Exactly. And that's what made it so great when we were, you know, at least for me when I was a kid was I didn't know, I thought it was real. And with this, I mean, obviously I know, but, but there is some just, there's, there's an ounce of doubt of what, well, what he says, you know, and like, you know, he just throws enough in there that you're like, wow, uh, I wonder if that was a real jab at somebody. Right. I mean, last Monday I wasn't, here's my thing. Rock comes out. I'm like, it's just going to be talk. It's going to be talk for the next two weeks. When he ended raw with the rock bottom, I was literally in shock. I did not expect that to happen. Yep. It almost seemed like it, it, it wasn't supposed to happen by the way that CM Punk's reaction was. I was like, I can't believe you just did that to me. It's kind of mm-hmm. it's kind of how it came across. So um, he goes, uh, if that's the case, that would mean the title won't be defended until at least Mania. To be honest, I would be okay if they have Punk somehow keep the title at the Royal Rumble, only to lose it at the Elimination Chamber pay per view the following month. So that's kind of his thoughts on that. Yep. Yep. Okay. Already, it's rumored that it'll be Rock versus Cena two at WrestleMania, while Punk is likely to face Undertaker. I'm okay with the latter of the two possible matches, but I would rather see Rock versus Cena versus Punk for the title. What do you guys think? I actually agree with this. The triple threat match, I think, would be awesome. It would be cool. Uh, the The problem is that there is with the Undertaker. There is that you know he hasn't wrestled since last WrestleMania. He only wrestles once a year now, and his match is huge. And he has the streak on the line. So you have to find somebody worthy, and he's kind of bulldoze through most of the people and you know so do you you have to find someone legit to put him up against and there's very few guys in the organization and so i think they feel like they have to put punk in there to be a legitimate threat to his streak you know and and to make people want to buy it to see it you put somebody else in there you know you can be like ah undertaker's gonna keep winning and I, but I do agree. I think the best match would be that triple threat match of Rock, Cena, and Punk. That'd be awesome. Okay, so why is it okay for the Undertaker to only wrestle once a year, and everybody is okay with it, but they have a problem when the Rock shows up? What's the deal? Because the Undertaker's eighty-seven years old. <laughs> <laughs> he can barely walk, man. He's got everything replaced on him. I'm sorry, but that's a double standard, man. It really is. I mean, you got you guys, ugh, I don't know, man. It just frustrates me. It's like seriously, you guys are going to let him wrestle once a year and nobody gives a care about that. I mean, I don't doubt it. He's amazing. He's paid his dues as well. He's paid his dues more than the Rock has probably. I mean, I'm just saying, why is it he's allowed to do one match a year and everybody's honky-dory with it, but you have somebody that's just coming back for you know, a few matches and, oh, let's give him crap. I don't know. I don't get it. I think I think it's because, uh, probably because Taker's never left the company. He's been there for 20-plus years. I think that's why it's like, all right, he hasn't come off the road pretty much in 20 years. He's in his 40s. Let's let's give the guy, a, the old man, a break. He can barely walk, you know. And I for me, 
I'd rather see you just retire at that point. I hate watching guys like now we see Ric Flair back again and he's going to be on tonight and I'm sure he'll get, he's going to get a GTS from punk, but uh, (laughs) it's that it's guys that were old when I was a kid. I mean, you watch some of these and it's like, dude, that guy was old when I was a kid. Why are you still out there doing it? I know you need the money probably, or you just can't give up the rush. But, dude, it's sad. Dude, you know what will be funny? Since we're recording this prior to Raw, if what you just said happens, you would have foretold the future, son. <laughs> How cool would that be, sir? That would be pretty awesome. You'll have to listen back to this and be like, did I tell the truth? Did I tell the truth? <laughs> did I do it? That's pretty cool. You know, um, let's look at the other wrestlers who have tried to do the movie career. Mm-hmm. John Cena, uh, he made the Marine. All right. 12, okay. 12 rounds, hated by a lot. I actually like it. Ronnie, I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, Ronnie Harlan, a.k.a. Die Hard 2, uh, Deep Blue Sea, he directed that movie. So and it's kind of funny, the same blonde in Walking Tall is the same blonde in this movie. You know, uh, I didn't mind it so much. I was like, okay, when's John Cena making more movies? Man, that was kind of it. I tell you what, though, I really, really like my favorite Cena movie. is a movie called Legendary. It's a really good movie. It's an actual good movie. And he doesn't play what you think he would play. He it's a it's a movie about a uh, the, the, this kid whose family his dad was a wrestling coach. Both of his older brothers were all state wrestlers and he's a little scrawny runt. He's the youngest brother and he's just raised by his mom. His dad passed away. His brothers are gone and he decides I'm going to go into wrestling as you know like in a senior in high school. And John Cena plays his older brother who's a drunk and who doesn't want anything to do with the family, who was an all-state champ, but now he's just a piece of crap and doesn't talk to his family and goes totally against against type. He's not the hero in this movie. And it's actually a really good movie, and I think he's actually pretty good in it. All right, cool. I'll have to check it out. I saw it, um, but I never picked it up. Um, other guys, uh, Triple H is terrible. Absolutely. Ooh, the terrible. chaperone. Did oh. you, did you ever see him in Blade Trinity? He was yeah, terrible, yeah. man. I mean, Blade Trinity, most people don't like that film. I, I like it. Ryan Reynolds was hilarious. I think that's my wife always hated Ryan Reynolds. And I think really? that's, that's where she kind of started liking him was in that movie. Uh, but Triple H was terrible. Yeah, really oh my gosh. But to Chaperone, no. I would never you couldn't pay me to watch that movie, dude. See, and that's the problem though, is now WWE has gotten into making movies. They have WWE studios. And now they are churning out movies and they're buying properties just to put their guys in. Right. They're buying movie properties out and actually some fairly well known properties lately they're trying to get hooked up with just to to shove one of their guys into. Yeah, there's a horror movie coming out with a bunch of girls that being stalked, and there's no WWE stars in there. So I'm like, are they yep. divas or whatever? But you know, when when Rock started, it was The Rock and WWE Studios, and he's like, you know what? I want to kill this whole Rock name. So then he went to Dwayne Johnson, and he's like, yep. he kind of wanted to get away from that persona. Just he wanted to see if he can become an actor, and he stopped working for WWE Studios. And then uh, that's when John Cena started. And then you had, um, I think, Kane made yep. made a horror movie, and that was pretty terrible. See no evil, yeah. And then didn't uh, Randy Orton make a movie or something? He, yeah, he he made one, and now um, they have the the Marine Two is coming out, and that's starring uh, the Miz. Ugh. And uh, I mean, yeah, you have movies. Just, I mean, you have the Big Show had Knucklehead. I'm sorry, but The Rock is Daniel Day-Lewis compared to these guys. <laughs> really? I mean, they're all, they're pretty bad. Terrible. 
absolutely terrible, man. Oh. And these guys are, I mean, you'd think like, well, you know, they're out there, they're creating a character and they're cutting promos and they're basically acting on stage nightly. Yeah, you should be able to be decent, but then they get in there and it's like watching wooden cutouts of people. You're right. Trying to act. It's horrible. I mean, you're right. This, I mean, this is a male soap opera. Yeah. You'd think it would translate, but of course, you know, soap opera actors, you get them in real things and they're usually pretty bad too. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. They should be able to act in a movie. Why can, you know, John Cena, he doesn't do it amazingly but he does a decent job he's yeah, the, he's passable he exactly he's the best out of the out of the rest of the bunch you know 12 rounds i could stick that in any day and watch it i mean it's definitely a guilty pleasure that i'd send in the movie mojo monthly but it's uh it's a fun flick it's a three and a half star movie for me man it's very it's decent it's it's got tons of action it's believable it's fun but the other crap ugh, garbage yeah. absolutely yeah. garbage man so yeah, terrible. So uh, let, let's move on here, sir. So uh, good times. I'm glad we talked about that. Um, I sent this email before the 20th anniversary Raw show, so I don't know exactly everything that will happen. But uh, what I am hoping for is that it'll be a damn good show. It was a Raw episode that got me hooked into wrestling, so the show holds some fond memories for me. However, I do agree that they need to get away from doing the three-hour episodes. Oh, yes. Yeah, I hear you. But apparently they'll be staying around until after WrestleMania. Did you hear about this? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm not too happy with the three-hour show either. It's just they don't have enough to fill the time. and It's just I end up watching it off the DVR. I watch it it fast forward. I do. I I hear you. I I put the – I record it. And then at 10 o'clock, I, because I don't want to be spoiled on the internet the next day because my Facebook blows up. Did you see this? Did you see this? At 10 o'clock, I fast forward and I'm done in, in 45 minutes. For real. That's, that's exactly how I watch it. I'm like, oh, Cena, maybe I'll watch this or, you know, whatever. So uh, before ending this email, I was wondering if you guys could answer a question. Uh, the question is, what are some of your favorite matches? And, of course, in Mistuna's case, favorite match that doesn't involve Dwayne. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming. Sorry, this email uh, went a little long. I can't hear. I can't wait to hear what you guys have to say in the episode. Until then, see you, Anthony Epic Emailer. Thank you, sir, as always. Always got excellent topics. So let's uh, let's answer his question. So what is the match that is your favorite? Okay, so for me, it can't involve The Rock, which is fine because I like tons of other matches. But for you, what's some of your favorite matches that you have uh, witnessed? Man, that is tough. I mean, just it's I, I'm gonna have a hard time remembering if it was a Raw episode or okay. a pay per view. So we're gonna um, we'll put a stipulation on it that this is just a general speaking. It might because you know most things build off Raw and continue right. continue. So let's just do this this right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. One of the ones I, I, I kind of mentioned earlier was the the Bret Hart Stone Cold match. That was that was great. Um, I always loved the matches. I always loved the TLC matches um, with like the Hardy Boys and Edge and Christian and the Dudley Boys. And you know you get all these different tag teams in. I love the Hardy Boys. My name is. Doesn't matter. Oh, love it. I love yeah. the Dudley Boys. Those guys were priceless, man. Bring back the Dudley Boys. Bring those guys back. I agree, man. Um, yeah, I mean, I just, I, I loved all those. Um, man, it's hard. There's just been so many. I loved, I loved the feuds between like Cena and Edge. Those were great. Um, 
and I, I always liked when any matches where like Diesel was involved, the, the matches when Diesel and Shawn Michaels turned on each other and were wrestling, those were always great. I love those because you had such a dynamic between this monster in Kevin Nash and the the, the comparatively tiny Shawn Michaels. I thought those were always great matches too. Any Jericho matches? I love Jericho, man. Every every Jericho match is an A plus. Awesome. Jericho's the man. Yeah, good. He was awesome at WrestleMania. Good times. He's awesome at everything. Yeah. Um. Boy, and uh, Kevin Nash terrible in the Punisher. So <laughs> he's terrible in everything. <laughs> the, the only thing I like him in is in Waterboy. <laughs> what is he in Waterboy? Waterboy. He plays. Uh, what's the rest? He plays a wrestler like Super Destroyer or whatever. And oh yeah, yeah. And, they, and he comes out and, <laughs> and he <laughs> it just fun. rips on it. <laughs> Attention, attention, channel surfers. Yes, yes, your host, Mike Mack, has to break back in again. You just heard him say Kevin Nash. Unfortunately, the cough syrup yet again did some damage to my co-host, Jameson. I apologize. We both realized it was big show after we hit the stop on the recording. So I have to break in here. And yours truly stupidly agreed with him saying it was Kevin Nash when we both know it was big show. So sorry about that, guys. Hopefully this doesn't happen yet again. So back to our regular scheduled program. Oh, man. Hey, you know one football movie, you guys, that wasn't brought up was Necessary Roughness. That movie is awesome, man, with Scott Bakula. And love that movie. I love that movie. That's a great football movie. That was one of my guilty pleasures. And Varsity Blues, that's a great football movie too, man. I mean, it it's not as much as Necessary Roughness, but those are two, <laughs> two of my faves, so... I know that wasn't brought up. I wanted to kind of remind you. But Necessary Roughness, that for me, woof, love that movie. Um, if, well, hand, no doubt about it, top three easily is the Undertaker and Mankind match yep. that, I, that I talked about earlier. That is just mind-blowingly awesome. Um, I, pretty much any match that included the Hardy Boys and Lita versus anybody was amazing. Uh, Dudley Boys was always a good time. I love DX matches. They were always entertaining. Anything with Road Dog really was most entertaining. But as far as actual matches go, um, I'd have to say I'd put the the Undertaker and Mankind up there in my top three. Um, probably, man, Stone Cold versus everybody else was. I mean, I could pretty much lump them in the in the one because of how. They were always phenomenal, but probably, oh, man. There's so much. There's so much to choose from, man. Yeah, there is. There really is. Really? And, uh, and, you know, there's there's a couple other things that we haven't talked about that I wanted to quick bring up. Is we're, we're talking about Raw. Yeah. And one of the big things with Raw, for me at least, and one of the big things in their history was the Monday Night Wars. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about Raw. They went hand in hand and head to head with wcw monday night nitro that kind of really boosted raw at the time they were wwf was on the ropes because wcw started hiring up all these old wwf guys we talk about you know Kurt hogan <laughs> hogan and piper and and savage and they got bret hart over there and you know they already had sting and they got flair and they got, i mean it was where to be. It was the spot to be at. Scott Steiner, Big Papa Pump. I mean, they had it all. And and Raw was was seriously on the outs. I mean, they were I mean, you can't 
you can't put have Goldberg on one channel and Papa Shango on the other channel and think you're going to win. You right. know what I mean? Right. And and so it, it, it was a battle, and there's a great documentary about that too, the Monday Night Wars, and the underhanded things they did where that was when Raw started to go live because they were taped. And Eric Bischoff was running Nitro at the time at WCW, and he came out the night Mick Foley won the championship on Raw. They knew about it because it was taped. And he came out to open Nitro and, and said, all right, everybody, just to let you know, Mick Foley just won the championship on Raw. So if you want to flip over and see it, whatever. But now you at least you know how this how it's going to end. So why don't you stick with us? And wow. that was like that was like busting the windshield on the car. It was like, holy crap. You wow. that's dirty. That's crazy. And so it's things like that. It got underhanded. And that's why all of a sudden now then Raw started to be live. Because we can't we can't mess around with no tape delay because they have people in the in the audience that are seeing it and they'll they'll tell our results on their channel. So and and it was great. I loved it. And that's what you know competition competition makes it better. And I think that's what the WWE is missing today is they don't have a real competition. There's Impact Wrestling Hogan's deal, but that's like the retirement home for wrestlers right now. <laughs> Man, I mean, all the guys that I just mentioned, Hogan, all these guys, they're over there now. 20 years later, they're still trying to wrestle. I mean, it's oh, it's ugly. Man, I hear you. Eric Bischoff, biggest douchebag ever, man. I, he got results, man. I loved it when he was on, dude. I, Kurt Angle was you know, the Olympic. Every time he came out, I was like, boo, I hate you. You suck. Uh, but yeah, man, he's still he's still over there wrestling. He, get, he gets you in that face, crippler man. You were done for, dude. Yep. Not not the Benoit version, but the the Kurt Angle version. That was pretty hardcore, man. I'm gonna break your leg, you know. And you can actually hear him swearing on TV, you know, because yeah. the microphone wasn't by him, but he was all hardcore. Uh man, you're right, dude. You know, there's no real competition. The only competition is SmackDown. That's Friday. You know, there's nothing. Yeah. And I think that's what's really hurting their product is they're not being pushed. They don't have to put their best out there. And so some weeks, I mean, for some months, it gets really hard to watch Raw. It's the same storyline, the same matches. Like, dude, I can't watch Alberto Del Rio and Big Show wrestle each other for the 13th straight week, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's things like that. And so that's what's missing with, that was amazing during those Monday Night Wars in the mid-90s was they were pushing each other and they were getting dirty with it. And it made it so much better. And, and WWF had to really get creative with the Attitude Era and things like that to finally put them away and put them down. And then there was the classic where... where WCW was going into bankruptcy and Vince came out on raw and said, I'm going to buy, I'm going to buy WCW. I'm going to buy him." And all of a sudden the screen comes up and there's Shane O'Mac, his kid standing in Atlanta in the WCW arena and says, guess what pops? I just bought WCW myself. We're invading. I'll, I'll never forget when I told my wife, you know, the rock has a WCW belt, right? She goes, you're full of crap. I'm like, no, WCW used to be part of WWF. And he took that title before WCW went away. She's like, you're full of crap. I'm like, here it is. Bam. I'm yeah, like, they had the two titles. And then that was awesome. Jericho, Loved it. Uh, Jericho combined it when he beat the Rock and Stone Cold in the same night at WrestleMania. It became the undisputed champion. That's when they came up with that undisputed title. Uh, Goldberg, man, when he, you know, it was always like, is Goldberg ever going to show up? The only person they haven't got to show up was Sting. Yeah. You know, but Goldberg... He wasn't on very long, man. And uh, and he was, uh, he uh, yeah, they were too late with him. 
And unfortunately, um, when The Rock became a total ass and he really was hated, that's after Hogan. He beat him the second time, came back with his leather uh, vest, and people hated him with the passion. Goldberg came. He gave him the spear, and he's in Rock says, "Hey, I'm done. See you later." Seven years later, I mean, then he was just gone, you know. And then when he comes back, everybody loves him again, you know. But yeah. Goldberg, after that match, what Goldberg didn't really stick around too much in the WWE. He, yeah, he wrestled for like a year and a half, I think, two years maybe, and had the worst match that I've ever seen at WrestleMania that year. It was it was him and Brock Lesnar, and it was the monster versus oh, monster yeah. match, and it was. Uh, a lot of people it gotten leaked that it was both of theirs last match pretty much. Brock was leaving to go try out for the NFL. He was going to go try out for the Minnesota Vikings at the time, and Goldberg was pretty, his contract was done, and he was he said I'm done, and so neither one of them would do anything. And it was the most I rewatched it about a month ago. It's like it can't be as bad as I remember it live, and it was like ten minutes of them like doing test of strength like i'll push you oh and then you push me back and they do the same moves on each other and neither one can get the upper hand and and the crowd is just chanting boring <laughs> boring serious yeah dead serious man it was the worst match i've seen it was like neither guy would back down and be like neither guy would be like oh okay let him get a move on me and so they just kind of just stood there and they would like push at each other and neither one would could get an upper hand and it was so boring and finally out of nowhere Goldberg hit the hit the spear and ended it thankfully, but it was the worst match ever. And then they were both gone. Dude, Brock Lesnar went to be uh, MMA, right? Yeah, he went. He tried out for the NFL, got cut, and then went to the UFC and uh, hit huge. Man, he became the the monster at the UFC, the the, the heavyweight champion of the world. Um, unfortunately, he started getting some some real crazy health problems, and that kind of helped him uh, exit. He was yeah. like, man, I'm tired of getting beat up for real. I can go get paid the same amount of money to get fake beat up. <laughs> yeah, two two years ago, a, a Rock came to visit Lesnar uh, there. I watched the video of it. Rock was gigantic compared to Lesnar, and Lesnar was always the bigger guy. And yeah. I was like, he must have lost a lot of weight because he a horrible loss. Man, he looked yeah, he well, dead. he was he, he was huge, and he did almost die. He had a condition where his um, I can't think of what it was, but something tore inside him. He had an internal problem, and basically, he 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 was storing bile in his body, and and he wasn't. Ooh. It was it was bad. It was he he was poisoning himself, and he had to go have the surgery, and he lost. They told they took a ton of intestine out of him, and he was out of commission for a long time. And he said that he was kind of touch and go there for a while, and he did. He lost like forty pounds of muscle. Yeah. Now and no, he's He's married to you remember Sable? Yeah, That's yeah. His wife, and yep. uh, and she was trying. She was begging him to stop, stop MMA, you know. And he did. He came back and and tried to fight. He he was the champ at the time, defend his title, and he just looked like a shell of himself. Now, when uh, he came back this year, he was mm-hmm. up against Cena, and yep. it just kind of died. It, like well, the deal with that was he had a contract where he, he had a one year contract from WrestleMania to WrestleMania. He showed up the Monday night after WrestleMania last year. Right, right. Signed the contract at WrestleMania, and his contract expires at WrestleMania this year. And the deal was that he had like twelve dates that he would wrestle, and so they used him a little bit leading up to SummerSlam, and then they had to pretty much shut him down for a while after his deal with Triple H. 
they just shut him down and save him. Now you're going to see him coming back here real I bet, soon. Well, watch him. He's going to interfere with the CM Punk. I can see that. And then he'll get the belt. And then now it's the race of those two versus Lesnar. I I bet something like that's going to happen now that you bring it up. I think he's going to. The talk is that he's going to be up with Triple H again. He's going to. They're going to have a match at WrestleMania, him and Triple H. Okay. But yeah, they're going to. He'll be coming back probably right after Royal Rumble because they have like seven dates. They can use him until his contract expires. So. That's awesome. Okay. So, uh, so inside scoop. Oh, inside scoop. And this year on Raw, we had a heart attack live TV. Yeah. Jerry, Jerry had a heart attack. And I remember, you know, I think it was Michael Cole said, people, please understand this is not part of tonight's entertainment. This is actually happening. And, you know, when he's emphasizing this is not part of tonight's entertainment, uh, it's pretty that hardcore, crazy, man. man. And I, was, I, you text me that. You were like, dude, did you know Jerry just had a heart attack? Because I, I wasn't watching. Then I went uh, next day and I YouTubed that sucker, watched the whole thing, and then uh, showed my wife. I couldn't believe it, man. That was wild. And we had my, my, my whole family and I, we'd met Jerry the week before. He'd come to town to our local minor league baseball game. And uh, we went and met him and shook his hand and got an autograph from him and all that. And he was so cool. And then the next week we're watching Raw and – it's a heart attack. Like, holy crap. Wow. And thankfully, you know, he's made it back. He's Jerry. He's he's the king. And uh, thankfully, he made it back because I love Jerry. You know, he's been the commentary there forever. Yeah. Now, we haven't talked about the com- the commentaries, but JR and Jerry are by far the best. Yeah. I mean, they are the heart and soul. Good old of JR. All. Yeah. They are the heart and soul. And JR, man. That guy, you know, they're always like, "Why don't you smile?" Well, I had a stroke, so I can't, I can't he's, move the half yeah, side got, of my face. He's got Bell's palsy, and so yeah, he's kind of paralyzed on half his face. Uh, but him and Stone Cold, um, <laughs> they're they're good friends, but they also they butt heads a lot, you know. And I subscribe to his blog, and I read it every yep. week. And I he I know he went on Roddy Piper's uh, show once just to talk about how important it is that. These superstars are coming back because it's bringing a new, uh, a new livelihood back to WWE. You know, and uh, yeah. I mean the guy knows his stuff. But for me, Jr. and Jerry are they're my commentaries. You know, I love I love Jr. Nobody calls Stone Cold Stunner better than Jr. Right. You know, that Stone Cold, Stone Cold, Stunner. I love it. He gave him the stunner. The stunner. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he almost like lost his voice numerous nights. He was great. It wasn't. I mean, he announces like it's a pay per view when it's just a normal Monday night. You yeah, know? he gets fired up, and you know, it makes it seem like it's it's like in other sports, in football or, or you know, or, or baseball. There's there's big time announcers. You hear Al Michaels talking. You hear you know Bob Costas talking. Some guys, you just like, oh, this is a big game. This feels like a big game. And that's what he did for Raw, you know. He made it feel like, oh, this is important. I gotta watch this. Yeah. You know, he told the story because some of those wrestlers just aren't good at getting their story across, and it was his job to kind of get that across. His commentary is better than half the matches. I mean, yeah, it, you're it, not joking. Man. It's like he makes your match look look and sound better than it really is. He's like, ooh, yep. did you see that slap? Oh, you know, this dude's going down, and I love. I love he made up the, he made up some great names like Slobberknocker. Yeah, yeah, and and Jerry's laugh was always priceless. I I love his just laugh in the background. It's just great. And he go up there and he oh it's time for Jerry to wrestle, you know, and yep, yep. always a good time. And then Michael Cole all of a sudden 
became like the uh, the big jerk, you know. I do not like Michael Cole one bit. Yeah, not not, not even my a little. Uh, Booker T. I know he he did a few. I know he's mostly SmackDown, but I know he did a few. Um, I'll never forget when Rock came back for like I think his first time coming back, and Booker T had just become part of the WWE, and he's like, "So you're stealing the 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 people's elbow, huh?" You're stealing my move, and then those two would fight, and then they became friends, and everything's cool now. But it was that was kind of like my introduction to Booker T was because I was watching The Rock come back. I was like, "Who's this guy?" You know, and then he's like, "The Spinneroonie." I was like, "That's the most stupidest move I've ever seen <laughs> in my life." But I, I like Booker T now, man. He's yeah, like, he's good. I like him. He's like 80 years old, but uh, he's he's pretty awesome as uh, as a commentator. He's probably my third favorite. Would be he's Booker good. T. Yeah, he's pretty awesome, and. Uh, we also last year had the uh, farewell of Edge. Edge retired. Yeah, that was unfortunate too. That was a great episode though, man. A lot of heart, a lot of crying. That it's, came out of nowhere though. Yeah, I mean, you had people in the back when I love it when he's like, Undertaker, you know, you're my best friend, and I know I shouldn't be saying this on live TV, and it's gonna make you look bad, but I love you, man, and I I know we're best, but it was so cool. I mean, things were getting real. Yep. It was really cool. Now he's on a show Haven. Uh, not too bad. So I, I know he did a movie. I didn't watch it. But yeah, that that was not good. Okay, I'll I'll skip that. But I know <laughs> I know he's on TV and he's not doing too bad there. I've cool. seen I've seen him in a few episodes. So, um, and then of course Stephanie McMahon came back on a thousandth episode, did some smacking around, which I love. So he's great. Uh, <laughs> she's beautiful, man. I don't care what people say. She's I mean, she's ugly person because of her insides. <laughs> but you know, I'm sure in real life she's really nice. But I'm she, sure she does a great job of being the horrible piece of crap. True. She, she does an amazing job. And then uh, let's not forget uh, Mrs. McMahon. She was always an interesting time. Remember that whole Mrs. McMahon is dying or something like that. Yeah. She's on her deathbed or something like that. Good old Linda McMahon. She, yeah. she was She's over... responsible for you, for the PG area that you're getting right now. Seriously? Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about that because uh, we haven't covered that. So we had the Attitude Era, which pretty much lets you do middle fingers, have beer. That was you know, the R era. That was the R era. You could pretty much swear anything outside of the F word, the S word, anything else was fair game. So at what point do we move into the PG era, and what is the PG era for those that don't know? PG era was about four years ago, I want to say, four to five years ago. Um, and that was all brought about because Linda McMahon it was running for Senate in the state of Connecticut. And so, you know, the, her opponents were all just digging dirt off of WWE, obviously, like, Really? This is you're talking about, you know, you have values and this and that. You know, you here's the here's the angle you had where where uh Kane was raping a dead girl, you know, the the Katie Lee, the Katie Vick incident. Like that's you you okayed that. You put that on television for people to see and just weird things like and so she kind of the edict came down like, uh, we gotta be PG. We gotta be kid friendly because she's running for for US Senate and we can't give anyone any ammunition. And so that's and she's lost twice in a row now. She's ran and spent, uh, I'm gonna say, five hundred million dollars of her own money. I mean, something ridiculous, and uh, keeps losing. But that's kind of the res- 
the reason that we have the PG kid friendly, no blood, no, no anything era that we're in. Wow. Um, <laughs> damn. Thanks, Linda. Now, I, I did hear one thing, though, is that whenever, you know, Rock comes on, he kind of says, screw that whole PG era, kind of does his own. He kind of does. He he, yeah. he really does. And it's fun, man. I think that's I think that's why people are, are really enjoying his comeback is because, you know, they're like, oh, it's just recycled material. He has stupid, like, what's this cookie puss stuff? And, you know, they're, they're coming up with all this. But really, I mean, look at the audience, man. Who else really has the power to say in three seconds they will be chanting this? And then he counts down and people do it. I mean, nobody has that power in their hands today in, in you know, wrestling now. Who else has that power to do that? Could John Cena be like, in three seconds, they're going to say this. I don't know, man. No. You know? And uh, I think it's cool. I think that's why they let him get away and do what he wants uh, outside of the PG era, you know? I agree. So that's pretty awesome, sir. I think uh, I think we've pretty much covered everything. Well, as much as we can. I mean, <laughs> yeah, uh, there's... There's always more, but feel free, people. Uh, anything we missed or anything you want us to expand our thoughts on, please uh, write in. What, what's that email address, sir? Um, I would send the email into ccpodcast1 at gmail.com. Awesome. I see you haven't forgotten after all that snow plowing you've been doing. <laughs> right. Good times. And then uh, please follow, go on Facebook. We have like nobody liking that page. It sucks. So you get no, you know, you don't hear from us if you don't, if you don't like the Facebook page. Cause we everyone got... needs to go and tell two friends. Exactly. And, uh, we, uh, as far as our topic for next month, sir, if we have, you know, cause again, you know, during the winter months, we are kind of tentative. So if we have a February episode, what do you want to talk about in February, sir? You have any ideas, any thoughts, anything just nurking you? You're just like, oh, I got to talk about that. Man, I'm kind of overwhelmed and blanked at the same time. Should we do Mary with Children since uh, we kind of were going to do that in January? What do you think? I think we put another vote up. I like putting it to the people. I think we right. should resubmit okay. Married with Children. All right. And um, I don't know. I'll have to think here. Yeah. I think we. I think it's good. Though. I like putting it up to the people. I to think. Decide. I think we'll do Mary with Children, and we'll kind of pick a newer show, something right. that's you know within the past five years or something like that. You know, because lately we've been doing old school stuff. I mean, this is probably the most recent stuff we've done, so it'll be kind of fun. So yeah, we'll we'll put it up to the people, and we'll say if this wins, this is tentative for February, but uh, I'm excited, sir. So thank you, man, for for joining me. I I knew you know. I knew you'd have the knowledge, you know, I only have so much knowledge and, but I knew you were the, the king, the, the, the king when it comes to knowledge on this stuff. So that's why I was really hoping to pick your brain on this man. Cause I learned a lot from this episode, sir. So that's were, good, man. I, I love me some wrestling. Yeah. Wrestling. Good times. <laughs> so, uh, I guess that's about it, guys. If you want to follow on Twitter, it's uh, CC Podcast One. Uh, don't forget to go to Facebook page, Changing Channels Podcast. Look us up there. Um, if you want to be part of our group, uh, we're the chain or we're the Channel Surfers. So just look that up on Facebook, Changing Channels or uh, CCP Channel. Uh, what is it? CCP Channel Surfers. That's the Facebook group. There you go. Yep. And uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Uh, we tried to do as much as possible in the little amount of time we had, but 
hopefully we brought you back down memory lane a little bit. And uh, don't forget the show is also on Stitcher as well. In case you don't like to use iTunes or you don't like to use the website, you can always go on Stitcher, look us up there. And I think we're like number 5,743 on the list. So we're, we're doing we're good, sir. Up. We're moving up. <laughs> so uh, anything you want to say, sir, before we uh, wrap up the show? I know people need to check out your newest episode of MMM in case they missed it. So Yeah, you got to go check that out, man. Go check out Movie Mojo Monthly. We did our best and worst movies of 2012, my favorite episode. And we got some great emails in and... And uh, even Tawana sent in an email that was completely full of falsehoods <laughs> and inaccuracies. Um, I'm sure she didn't, she won't even hear this because she's probably not listened to this episode. But. It's true. She I don't think so. So she but, is. So I'll take my shots where she can't hear them. That's fine. Awesome. Good deal. So that's pretty cool. So thank you everybody that wrote in. Um, thanks everybody. You guys are always the best. And uh, I got a and little. Go check out STL, man, because it's there's it, it some great episodes coming up. Yes, thank yes, sir. Thank you. You helped me on my last episode, Weird Science. We had a blast. Uh, I think we topped the Zombieland episode, sir. It was pretty awesome. Although Tawana's like, ah, I was okay. You know, I've heard this review a billion times. So I was like, oh, okay. I guess we're just okay now. So I, <laughs> I, I had to give her crap for that one. But I had a lot of blasts on that one. Um, and then, yeah, stay tuned, man. Episode 86 will be Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. And then after that will be House Party and then Hiding Out and then uh, the Lethal Weapon series and then the Rocky series because the director of Rocky also directed Karate Kid. So Rocky kind of leads into the Karate Kid. So it's going to be a fun, fun time. We'll probably, by June, I think, we'll be at the 100th episode. And Jameson and I are going to tear that movie to pieces and not in a bad way. Because we hate it. Because Yeah. Wait, no, wait. No, we love that movie, sir. Well, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So... I'm I'm looking forward to it, sir. And uh, everybody has told me behind the scenes that they enjoy you on STL, sir, and that uh, you definitely make it so much better when you're on, sir. So it's uh, the door is always open for you to crash at any point, sir, because everybody loves it when you're on, man. It's a good time. Uh, that is an honor. I appreciate it. Good deal. So you guys, uh, you guys take care, and uh, we'll hopefully catch you next month, and uh, we'll see what you guys vote, and we'll let you know. So you guys take care. Soon as out. don't even have enough class to introduce yourself what is your name Detective it Bucky. doesn't matter what your name is he was singing a happy birthday song to uh, uh what, what was that old lady's name again Jack Tom. I think it, was it doesn't matter what her name was one two there's two now it doesn't matter in the rock And now you want to take the rock away from all of this. Is that what you want to do? Do you really want to take the rock away from this? 
what I want to do. It doesn't matter what you want. And not even have the class to introduce yourself. What is your name? I told you. It doesn't matter what your name is. And then at that point, Billy, your house started to shake, the heavens opened up, and God himself spoke to you and said this, Bob, but my name's Billy. It doesn't matter what your name is. In the blue hell are you. <laughs> What's more important? Rock doesn't believe he caught your name. What's my name? Hell, my name is Booker. It doesn't matter what your name is. <laughs> now there's a jabroni over here who's given the rock a thumbs down? And the rock sees you took the time to make a little sign that says something about Hunter. What does your sign say anyway? It doesn't matter what your sign says! <laughs> Finally, the rock has come back to Kansas City! The rock's got a set of you-know-what as big as this house, and he plans on tonight going one-on-one -on -one with your Rudy Pooh candy ass. The great one says you can kiss his ass. You know, and on top of all that, look at this, guys. He's an idiot. He's seven feet, pure idiot. You put his brain in a parakeet, zing, fly backwards. In front of all the Rocks fans, you will go one on one with the great one. And go one on one with the great one. First and foremost, Doc, know your role and shut your mouth. Oh, my God. Anybody but the Rocks, know your role and shut your mouth. You should know your role and shut your mouth. After three boring minutes, The Rock says, Know your role and shut your mouth. You should know your role and shut your mouth. What? Know your role and shut your mouth. Michael Cole, The Rock says, Know your role and shut your mouth. Nice shirt, 25 cents. You think you impress the rock by taking your eyes and rolling them up into the back of your head? He's gonna show them all your two new tattoos tattooed right on your ass. Which on your left cheek, it has a probable, and on the right, it reads this. Tonight at King of the Ring, the rock sacrificed me fast for he laid the smack down on my candy ass. Undertaker, you come on down. Die, die, die. And all that stupid crap over and over. Instead, Undertaker, of taking your eyes and rolling them up into the back of your head, The Rock says, take your entire 33-pound head, turn it backwards like the exorcist, have it roll down your back, catch it with both your hands, and then, Undertaker, The Rock says, take your own head and proceed to shove it directly up your candy ass. Make jokes the Rock's ass. Let the Rock tell you something. You overgrown 500 pound bag of monkey crap. Undertaker. 
The Rock says that you come out here and you say you're going to drag The Rock. Well, The Rock says he will gladly go to the learning tree with you. Pause, take a branch off, pick each leaf off, take that stick and stick it straight up your candy. It goes like this. The Undertaker, the phenom who claims to be from hell. Come on down so The Rock can check your candy in to the SmackDown Hotel. Check your big fat ass directly into the SmackDown Hotel. You should know your role and shut your mouth. Take a little walk down. Know your role, Boulevard. Hang that right on Jabroni Drive. Know your role. And then proceed to check your Aunt Jemima. No pancake, have an ass. Directly into the SmackDown Hotel. The Rock says, Triple H, you go on Sunday Night Heat, you do your little interview with Jim Ross, and you cry like a baby. Well, yeah, oh, yeah. They sit there and they kept me down for five years. For five years, they kept me at the bottom of the barrel. Well, The Rock says, if you are the game, then quite frankly, you need to go back to the drawing board because your game absolutely sucks. So The Rock says, you take that truck and drive it right back down. No, you're wrong. Mickey Mouse tattoos and his 33 pound head. Oh, what are you laughing at? Jumping around, screaming like a girl. <laughs> Last week on Raw, he beat your ass in a cage match. And now this week, you're the number one contender for the WWF title. Well, The Rock realizes why that is, because you got a three-foot nose, you turn it sideways, and stick it straight up Vince's ass! Triple H, The Rock says, you don't have enough hair on your Rudy The Rock knows that you want him to kick his Rudy And let's lay the smack down on your Rudy Poo. Mr. Sarko, Mr. Sarko, the rock sack, Mr. Sarko. Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, rock. No, great one. No, no, no. Don't put me in the oven. Don't put me in the oven. I'll tell you what, mankind. Bring your candy ass here. Come here. The rock's got a nice rock burger with a little bit of extra rock sauce on the side. To come out here and let the rock serve you up a nice big fat rock burger with some extra cheese. And when you get thirsty, the rock has a nice tall glass of freshly squeezed monkey piss to go along with it. You do something that is without a shadow of a doubt the most impressive thing the rock has ever seen, and that's this. And the biggest goof of them all, the big slow. Since they're scaring all the Rocks fans. Big Show, you come on down. From the time your crappy music hits, well, it's the Big Slow. 
I'm going to take a leak. This guy sucks. Stone Cold Steve Austin, the biggest piece of trailer park trash walking. Look at this. Stone Cold, you go directly to hell, and you take that with you. No more you stealing the Rock's catchphrase. I don't want to want to be like the Rock. No more of that crap. Don't you ever. And the Rock means talk about the Rock's testicles again. And as we look back on some of the worst days, on that fateful, dreaded night, the night Mrs. Snow gave birth to Al Snow, one of the biggest pieces of monkey crap walking God's green earth. Kane can talk. The big red retard can finally speak. Kane running around doing cartwheels, scaring everybody in the casino. I won, I won, let's party. My name is Kane. And I am a Rudy Pooh candy ass. He's gonna shine all the gold coins up. Turn it sideways and stick it straight up. You can't do it. Turn it sideways, just like this, oh, no. and stick it straight up. You can't do it. He'll take your little voice box, take all the batteries out, lube it up, turn that some sideways and stick it straight up. You can't do it. The Rock says he's gonna take that piece of pie. Uh oh. Oh no. Take three scoops of vanilla ice cream, shine that some up, turn it sideways, and stick it straight up your candy ass. The Rock is gonna loot his size 13 boot real good. Turn that some sideways and stick it straight up your candy ass. He's gonna undo all the dirt right out. Take that shovel, turn it sideways, and stick it straight up your candy ass. When you leave here, go down to Dunkin' Donuts. Get the biggest jelly donut you can find. Oh, no. Hold that jelly donut up. Squeeze all the jelly out. Squeeze all the jelly. Write it down. You like writing things down. Squeeze all the jelly out. And then write this down. You don't want to forget this. Turn that some sideways and stick it straight up. You can be And then Austin at Survivor Series, The Rock says he's going to take your little rattlesnake. Turn them both sideways and stick them straight up, you candy asses! The Rock would like to take that whistle you got, that very whistle you just put to your lips. Shine it up real nice. Turn that some sideways and stick it straight up, you candy ass! Tell Al to put the dirty jock on his head, put the hockey mask on his face, and then take the hockey stick. Tell Al to hold it. Shut your mouth. Tell Al to hold it nice and tight. Get a good grip so it doesn't slip out. And then tell Al that The Rock says, take that hockey stick, turn that some sideways, and stick it straight up his candy head. Then he's going to take The Undertaker with all his Mickey Mouse tattoos, bend him over, take one pile of dirt, pour it on top of his head, turn that shovel sideways, and stick it straight up his candy head. The Rock lives, breathes, walks, talks, trash all day long. As a matter of fact, Undertaker, The Rock... As a matter of fact, Undertaker, The Rock talks trash in his sleep, just like this. Rudy Pooh came here. Play the smack it down on the <laughs> Don't worry, Jabroni, The Rock's not going to punk you out here. Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock... Well, hold on, people. <laughs> the Rock, let, let The Rock ask you a quick question real quick. 
You have a warm, fuzzy feeling in your stomach right now? Goosebumps running up and down your spine? Well, goosebump your ass on out of here. Six rocks, baby, left him. Oh, my gosh, oh. He found a new place to dwell. Now he's a damn singer. It's down at the end of Jabroni Drive at Smackdown Hotel. You like pancakes? Yeah. Well, where are you from? Chicago. Well, The Rock says, why don't you just pancake your back to Chicago? Yeah, smack down the hotel. That's right, well, no, mankind's not available right now. He's a little busy. His mouth is full with The Rock's foot on his mouth. High five. <laughs> Can you win one for the Micker? Who the hell's a Micker? Idiot. Don't you ever... Rock me ever! Steal the rock's phrases again. If you smell with the rock! And now in front of all the rock's fans, you want to serve the rock a great big piece of that poontang pie? <laughs> oh. And of course there is the rock's all-time favorite, including Rochester's all-time favorite, Poontang Pie! Poontang your ass on out of here. <laughs> Michael Cole, you are piercing a hole through The Rock's head. You're looking at him like that. The Rock... Honey, give The Rock a T-shirt. Give The Rock a T-shirt. Oh, no! Yeah. You keep your head right there, Jaboni. Don't move. The Rock's electrifying T-shirt. Right, just like that. Smackdown with the... Don't touch it, Jaboni, and keep the microphone right here. You will wear it, and you will like it. Here's the Rock's brand new electrifying t-shirt. Matter of fact, Smackdown Hotel. Check in for one right across your head. And here's the Rock's brand new people's elbow pad. You hold it right there. Don't move, you puppet. The Rock has a yeah, nice tie, 13 cents. Don't look at the tie. Look at the Rock. Michael Cole, this microphone stinks. What is on your hand? What is the problem? <laughs> the electrifying move, it's Sports Entertainment today. The people's elbow! You got a little funny feeling in your stomach right here, lower abdomen? Right in my stomach. Right in there? Well, it's probably gas, Louise, because a woman like your age gets that every once in a while. Jabroni, <laughs> you are three seconds away. And the rock means three seconds away from the rock to lay a smack down on your candy ass. You see, my name's Billy. And I just won King of the Ring, but there's one problem. Everybody still thinks that I absolutely suck. There are literally millions. And the millions. Tell the rock along with the millions. Surrounded by the millions. Surrounded by the millions. And in front of the millions. The millions. Because the rock guaranteed piece to prove to you, you, this goof holding the camera, this chick talking at the rock, he will prove to the millions. And millions of the rock fans exactly why the rock is the great one. Exactly why The Rock is the chosen one, and exactly why The Rock is, without a shadow of a doubt, the best 
Because they are chanting his name. Chanting the rock's name. If you smell, 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 if you Cool. 